Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Weeder kicks. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fastball up and in, and they get him this time. A strikeout of Carlson with two on will end things for the Cardinals here in the sixth. No runs. They hit two left. We're going to the seventh. It's one nothing Phillies. Well, good morning, everybody. You heard it. Uh, great, great performance by Zach Wheeler last night as the Phillies beat the Cardinals 2 to nothing. Rob Ellis, uh, is, I'm Glenn Mack now, by the way. Good morning, everybody. Rob Ellis is with me on this uh, fine, fine Saturday. And, Rob, doesn't it feel like we are back in the time when every Phillies series is important, and this one particularly against a team like the Cardinals, who so you're battling for the wild card, feels great watching big-time baseball. After a decade-plus, Glenn, of being in the wilderness, you know, yeah. we're, we're finally here. You're right. I mean, critical series, early July, games that you're hanging on every single pitch. And, and last night was kind of old school in that sense with both guys going deep, big plays, guys stepping up. I mean, Bohm hasn't hit a home run in, in a month, and he comes up with two. You win a game where the other guy goes the distance, and you only get five hits. That's what you know, fun baseball is all about. And you're right. We're right there now. By the way, I feel like they've been playing against Adam Wainwright since about 2004. They have. Actually, actually. I think they have, right? <laughs> he's he's 40. He, yes. And he's been around forever. He forever. was a veteran when they knocked the Phillies out in, in 11. But, you know, let's not even think about that. Uh, well, I know, well, I do always think of that. Of course I do. Um it was a really important when they had faced the Cardinals five nights earlier. Uh, he, Wheeler, excuse me, had faced the Cardinals five nights earlier, and he had shut them down before. Uh, they are 9-4, and four, the Phillies and Wheeler's 13 starts, and he hasn't given up a run in the last 17-plus innings, and his ERA since April 28th is 153, 246 overall, definite all-star uh, bid this week, right, Ron? I will tell you, Glenn, we don't talk about it enough, one of the great, if not the greatest, free agent signings. It's it's in any conversation that the Phillies have had or maybe any team in the city's had. He, he has been every bit of what they thought he was going to be and more. I mean, to hold that Cardinals team the last two outings, to no runs in 14 innings with that lineup? Yeah. It's remarkable. It's great. It's great. And 
Listen, since June 24th, so we're really talking just over two weeks, the Phillies have gone 7-4 and four against Atlanta, San Diego, and the Cardinals, the three teams who they have to battle for those wild-card spots. Phillies now are entrenched in the number six spot, uh, which is what you got to get, but they are beating the teams around. They're beating good teams. And they're doing it without Harper and Segura yeah. and getting nothing from – shortstop from second base from right field it's it's almost unbelievable it is hard to fathom how they're doing this but there's there's something different there's hey, something drastically different manager about of the decade <laughs> amen 23 and 10 under uh, the tomper i don't i don't know why i mean listen we all know what the weaknesses of joe girardi were and how he was reluctant to use pitchers so many nights in a row and he wanted to rest guys and so on and you know seemed to be be playing more for September than winning games in May and June. But I can't explain why they're 23 and 10. I think it's a combo. There's urgency. And there wasn't any urgency with Girardi. It was like you just said. It was always tomorrow. It was always September. Hey, we're, we're, you know, we're looking at this big picture. You know what? You don't always have to look at a big picture. Take it day to day. And I think that's one of the things Thompson's instilled in them is an urgency. He's figured out the bullpen too, Glenn, in, in, a, in a big way. And I think you also have, other, have had other guys just step up. Shorber was, let's face it, he was awful in April and, and, and you know, into May. And he, he's been ridiculous since then and he's in large part along with Hoskins just carried this team on their on their backs collectively since Harper went down so they are six games above 500 for the first time this season 24 and 10 since June 1st uh, ahead of the Cardinals um, and by the way head-to-head if they have tiebreakers head-to-head is part of it so winning these games against the Cardinals and the Padres and the Braves are really important you mentioned the bullpen um, one of the great stories of this year is Sir Anthony, and I just kind of want your thoughts on that because that's uh, it's a guy who I really w- always rooted for and certainly rooted for to get back from just you know terrible injury that cost him two years of his career, and it's, it sure seems like he's there. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Glenn. I mean, I, frankly, I kind of wrote him off with the injuries, and I thought he was just going to be kind of one of those guys who was a flash in the pan, and we saw the great arm, and what he was going to be a what could have been kind of player mm-hmm. and for him to come back from I mean two years two plus years you throw the pandemic in there it's amazing and you know he's a re- he has real closer stuff as opposed to some guy opposed to some guy who's just trying to kind of fake his way through it so you throw him in the back end and you know I, and I actually I really like and this is a little bit of a Gabe Kapler thing and you know I'm, I'm gonna throw it out there but I like what Thompson's done in that Hey, if if the killers are coming up in the eighth, guess what? I'm going to throw Dominguez in the eighth, and we'll deal, you know, hand in the ninth. He's done a really good job. I, I think that's the 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 biggest attribute, other than the sense of urgency with Thompson, is the 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 management of this pen. But you're right, Sir Anthony has stepped up in a big way. Hand, and you're doing this without Brogdon too, who I think is going to be a part of that back end. Also, it, it's that's one of the craziest things about this team is the bullpen went from being arguably the worst in baseball. To you know, in the discussion as as a top maybe seven bullpen, maybe I I mean I haven't done the math, but it, it's it's no longer a weakness, and it is now a plus. And a guy who was a weakness, who was certainly a plus last night, was the third baseman. Let's take a listen to this. Swing and a high fly ball center field. This is well hit. Going back on it is Carlson to the track at the wall, and it is gone. Onto the batter's eye, grass berm, and dead center Alec Bohm. 
with his fifth home run of the season as he goes dead central against Adam Wainwright, and it's 1-0 Phillies. Wainwright nods yes, here's the pitch. Swung on, hit deep to left. This one's got a chance. Back is Donovan at the wall, looking up, and it's gone. And Alec Foam with a two-homer night tonight against Adam Wainwright. One to center and now to left, and it's a multi-home run game for Bohm, and it's a 2-0 Phillies lead. Well, there you go. The guy who hadn't hit a home run in a month does it with his parents and his friends making the trip from Omaha. I always love those stories. They show the mom out there getting all excited. And he hits the two. Uh, Just a couple other things I want to uh, cover with the Phillies, Rob. We'll throw it to our callers, 215-592-9494. We have a lot we're going to cover today and some, we hope, interesting topics we're going to get you involved in. Um, In in the midst of a 6-for-45 slump, Odubel Herrera gets the start again in center field yesterday. I guess he got a hit, but he's still Odubel. Uh, After making that horrible defensive play in Washington the other night, I I like Rob Thompson. I understand that he said Odubel's hit well against Wainwright over time, but when do they just glue this guy to the bench or send him packing yesterday it's there's no way they look there's this weird faction of people who sort of like i I got into it a little bit last night which i never ever do i just reacted to some tom kelly put something out there our tom kelly and then people picked up on it and there's there's a weird faction of people that still sort of stick up for him with the justification that Moniac stinks. Like Wait, no, you got into a Twitter fight with Tom. Kelly? No, no, no. Tom put this thing out there like you know Herrera is the best you know the best option. All the best of the bad options. The best of the bad options. If that's your argument, that's not an argument. And I don't mean Tom. I mean I'm, I'm talking about other folks. Like Moniac stinks, but that doesn't justify the stuff we've seen forever from Odubel Herrera. There's nothing new here. This is all the same bad movie. It's like sitting down and watching some garbage. It's like watching Caddyshack 2 over and over again. I mean, it's the, it's the same mistakes. He makes the same boneheaded... This equation is Shane Victorino Caddyshack 1. Yes, right? exactly right. It's been yes. a while since we got to see the real good one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's Jack, it was a Jackie Mason who was uh, the star of yeah. Caddyshack 2. Anyway, Oof. so it's the same bad routes to balls in clutch situations. It's the same... But boneheaded base running. It's the same wild inconsistency where he'll be good for two weeks and then stink for a month and a half. I, I don't I play Veerling every day. Just, I know he's not great. He's serviceable, but he's better than Odubel. And and it, it, this isn't even if you take for a second the, the off the field stuff out of it. This is just as a baseball player, he stinks. And yes, it's an indictment of the organization that they ha- don't have anything better. But enough already. Nicely said. Agree with every word you just said. All right, well, let's get to uh, the so-called elephant in the room, which near as I know, Rob, remains caged up because the manager has not yet addressed it. And here's what's going on. This Tuesday, the Phillies go to Toronto for a two-game set against the Blue Jays. We know they will be without, uh, quote, several, unquote, players who have not complied with Canada's COVID vaccination policy, uh, in order to go into and play in Toronto, you have to have your vaccination. We remember last year there was a controversy with some Phillies who declined to get vaccinated. It appears to still be the that that way. Um, I don't. We don't know how many and what they juggled the rotation. Uh, I'm. I've, I don't want to start naming names. We. I think I know who some of them are, but I'm not quite sure. I just, my opinion on this thing is, 
and I, I hate any time this issue comes up. And there's going to be other issues later today. I hate they come up, but this is this is my thought. Um, by the way, the Red Sox lost a game up there last week because their closer couldn't get into right. Canada. This kid Hauk, mm-hmm. and they blew a lead. And the Red Sox, like the Phillies, are fighting for a wild card spot. And these games mean a lot. Every game at this point means a lot. We have agreed as a country that people have the right to make a decision whether they're going to be vaccinated. But we've also agreed that there are consequences for those decisions. Certainly in Canada, there are consequences for those decisions. And we are now at the point where those decisions hurt your team, yeah, hurt your teammates. Uh, you put yourself above the team. You put yourself over the community. Um, I cannot imagine that ownership... Uh, the Phillies management and the fellow players are delighted with the personal decisions these players have made, which will put them at a disadvantage when they play in Toronto these next two games. Yeah, I mean, the difficulty is this isn't golf or tennis where you're just affecting yourself. As you said, this is a team setting, and that's the biggest issue here. You're talking about a team that's one game up in the wild card, Glenn, and and you know it's right there with with the Cardinals. Giants are right on their tail. Marlins aren't even that far off right now. So you, you, you're vying. You're right there. You've done a lot to get to this point. And you know, the good news is it's only two games, um, but you may very well need at least one, if not both, of these games come the end of the season. This feels like it's going to be really, really tight. Like I, I don't think the Phillies are good enough to, to run away and hide. So this game or these games could be very critical and could be the difference between the playoffs or not the playoffs. So it's it's a huge issue, actually. It is a huge issue, uh, and I don't know. We'll learn maybe today, certainly tomorrow. Yeah, we were I supposed imagine. to learn yesterday, so I don't yeah, know, I know what happened there. Well, I, he, I'm sure they're not thrilled and they don't want to deal with it either. No, if you're Rob Thompson, it's the last thing you want to yeah. have to talk about and deal with and figure out, okay, how am I going to put together a lineup if I have three or four guys out? Again, I have heard names, but I'm not – I'm not in a position where I can verify it. I just think it sounds like the Phillies are going to be bringing a 4A team up to Toronto. And, um, well, we said it. You hurt your team. Yeah. That's it. Plain and simple. You hurt your team. Okay. A couple other quick things, and we will address these more as the show goes on, but I just kind of want to tease some stuff out that Rob and I will be dealing with. By the way, 215-592-9494. Other news, NHL draft was over the last couple days. Flyers draft. I love this kid's name, Cutter Gauthier. That's a great name. Yeah, it's a hockey name, man. 18-year-old future power forward, hopefully a future center. He's going to play for Boston College next year, and they make a rather controversial trade. Uh, they bring in an offensive defenseman from uh, Carolina, from Sewell, New Jersey, Tony D'Angelo, who's uh, who's got more baggage than Philly International. Um, we'll get into that later in the show. I don't know if you want to make a quick comment on that before we dig into it later. Yeah, it's not pretty. I mean, the only thing you can hope is that he's grown up. I mean, that's the only thing that you can hope with some of this stuff. I mean, yeah. when you're talking about you know, stuff that went down when he was in the juniors and it's racist and homophobic and it's, you know, and it occurred more than once. It's troubling to say the least. And you're talking about a team that's trying to build a culture and you're talking about a, a, a you know, a Tortorella who's a, a flammable guy, right, to begin with. Mm-hmm. And he's also had run-ins with coaches. He's had run-ins with teammates. I it. He's a combustible guy, man. He can play. He had a really good year last year, but there's a reason why he's on his fourth organization since 2017. He's bounced a lot for a young dude. Yeah, so we'll get into the details of that. They gave up a lot for him as well. 
Uh, reports of James Harden signing a two-year deal with the Sixers. I kind of like it. I mean, I, I wasn't delighted to even have to have him on the team, but I think, again, we'll talk to this in detail later, but I think given the circumstances, Rob, about, about the best you could do. Yeah, my greatest fear, Glenn, was this was going to be opt-in and give him three more because Daryl Morey loves him. And if this is two years, and from what we're hearing, it it's sort of a bet on himself kind of thing. It, it, it aids the Sixers and it aids him. In other words, the Sixers have a lot more cap room. He's not killing them from that perspective. Apparently 15 million less, according to Sham Sharania. You know, that that's a huge discount. And the second year may be a, a player option, which means he's backing on having a monster year, which means highly motivated James Harden, which, hey, I'll take it. And that's a good thing for the Sixers. This is by far the best scenario that could have happened. This is a this is really good news. I don't love Harden. I would have I would have you know let him walk, frankly. Uh but in this case, this works and this makes a lot of sense. By the way, nice pronunciation on the Shams part. That's on the Sharania part. I've, I've missed <laughs> that you. many times myself. <laughs> uh, actually, you know, we have a caller who wants to talk about Harden, so let's we'll go to him quickly. Uh, Bill in Downingtown. Bill, what's on your mind this morning? Well, I uh, I kind of feel uh, the Sixers screwed up in a number of areas. They had Mikel Bridges. <laughs> you know what I mean? They yeah. trade him to somebody that's not even in the NBA now. And then what about Jalen Brunson? I mean, these kids are going over play defense. Harden never played defense in his life. I knew that was a mistake from the get-go. I mean, the guy, you know what? Stick a yeah, board. listen, I, I, I don't argue any of the specifics you said, but I can't kind of package that with Harden. Those are all separate things and then sometimes separate administrations. Well, I would, I would have went after uh, uh, Jalen because he's better at this stage of his career, and he's a young guy. I yeah, mean, Bill, I can tell you, he, he was headed to the Knicks. He wasn't heading anywhere else. His dad's there. Yeah. They, this was this was a done deal from, from Jump Street that he was going to be You just wave a little bit more money. That's what it all comes down to. And they didn't have the money to wave. Right. Well, you don't sign Harden. You, if you don't sign Harden, you could go get Durant, too. <laughs> they, they don't have anywhere near that kind of money, Bill, even if they don't sign Harden. Well, what would Wilt Chamberlain get today? The whole league? <laughs> yes. Right, he would. I'm not sure what that has to do with anything, but yes, he would. I don't know. He would get whatever the top player yeah, yeah, look, is paid. That's Glenn, what players get. They we, get the, the best player gets the top money. We could sit here and litigate all the mistakes, and there were tons. I mean, basically all you have to show from the process is Joel Embiid, which is a disgrace. It's nothing short of it. But, I mean, you're, you we're here now. There, there's, you know, would we all love to have Michael Bridges here? Of course. But, you know, that's spilled milk. This is best case scenario, and and I I'm not telling you I still don't think Glenn they're better than Boston or Milwaukee mm-hmm. you know you, or you know the usual suspects Miami I still don't mm-hmm. think they are but no, this they, is the best I don't thing think they moved happened. up or down in the standings based on signing PJ Tucker is again nice signing but I don't think it moves the needle no yeah no and uh, again we'll we'll get back to that later we start with the Phillies uh, we will get into the Flyers and the Sixers uh, we're going to talk about the Eagles a biggest area of concern later in the show the Bo Wolf of the Athletic spoiler it's not the quarterback that Bo sees as the biggest area of mm, concern okay yeah uh, we uh, have a terrific show to recommend for what we're watching so I, you and I talked yesterday. I uh, I love and it. You said you were going to check this show out. Yes. How deep did you get? I got three episodes in. Uh, uh, well, that's where I am. That's yeah. good. And okay. uh, I'm, I'll give you my 
you know, my review in a little bit, but uh, I'm glad you turned me on to it. We're going thumbs up, thumbs down? We're going thumbs up? Uh, Up, 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 up. Yes. Okay, good. All right, so we'll do that for what we're watching, the 11 o'clock hour, and we will mourn uh, two great ones in showbiz who passed away yesterday. And coming up, Rob and I are going to dive into the issue of how fans and viewers watch games anymore, which, according to surveys, the answer is they don't. Um, There is a generational divide here on how sports fans consume TV. Rob and I will discuss that and invite you to be part of the discussion of all of this. 215-592-9494. He's Rob Ellis. I'm Glenn Macnow. It is Saturday morning on... He's Rob Ellis. I'm Glenn Macnow. 215-592-9494. Phillies Cardinals later today. All right, so I kind of... I got something I want to run by you that I've been kind of marinating on for a while, Rob. Mm-hmm. And I want your opinion. I, I definitely want Kyle Quinn's opinion because he is younger than us. Um, and this kind of came to me when I was um, when I was with my kids. I've been on vacation, and so we're we're up north, and, and we got the kids, and I'm trying to watch the Phillies games and so on. And I can't I can't get all of the games, so in some games I'm reduced to just watching the highlights, and it's driving me crazy because. <laughs> I feel like I'm not getting the context of all the game. And so I'm talking to my son about that. And he says, wait, Dad, you still watch the whole game? <laughs> and I said, well, yeah, that's, that's, that's what you do. You watch the game. And he kind of snarks and goes, nobody I know watches the whole game. <laughs> and I assume he's just talking about baseball. But then we get into talking about the NBA and, in fact, the, the championship round. The, the finals, which had the lowest ratings of any NBA finals in the last, I think it's like 22 years or something. And they, you know, big market teams uh, sure. sh- should have had a good audience, big name players. And the report I saw afterwards said the reason that the ratings are way down is because younger fans, I'm reading this off the thing, prefer to watch highlights, TikTok, Instagram, uh, Instagram Reel. I don't even know what that is. YouTube, people under 25, and to a large extent, people under 35, consume sports, basketball and baseball, and hockey more so than football, off of watching highlights on social media. That's what they want. It's why the NBA Finals had the lowest ratings in years. I was flabbergasted. Well, maybe I wasn't. Maybe I shouldn't be. Uh, and I got all kinds of numbers and studies to back this up, and I really want to hear from people of different age groups, right? If you're 50-plus, do you sit down and watch games? If you're under, do you watch highlights? But, Rob, I'll start with you. I mean, is this is this a thing? Uh, I think it's a thing, Glenn, and I think it absolutely breaks down in, in generational you know, lines here. I, I will say this. I don't think, and, and we'll get Kyle's opinion on this, and he'll represent the, the, you know, the, the 20-somethings, but I, I don't think this applies to the NFL nearly as much as it does the other sports. I, I think people sit down and just, just, for example, watch Eagles games of, of any age virtually in their entirety. I, I would say this absolutely applies to the Phillies. I think it applies to the winter sports and, and, and the Phillies, certainly baseball and hockey and basketball way more than it does football. Look, Okay. For, for, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say for me personally um, – I have zero desire to just watch a highlight of a game. I feel like I'm missing so 
much. Like I, when I did my morning TV show, Breakfast on Broad, we were on at 6 a.m. And a fine I, show that was. Thank you. I appreciate it. But I would stay up and still watch the games like a lunatic. I mean, I'd, I'd be on two hours sleep, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't just wake up, look at a highlight, and, and read a game story. I felt like I was missing the essence of what it was. But I... I I see the way my son watches sports on his tablet. Now he's a Sixer lunatic, so he won't miss a Sixers game. But he has no problem watching highlights of the other teams and the other sports. Well, and I also think there may be a difference between the team you really, really root for and just the other other. True. Teams. Now you you mentioned Eagles games. Yes, Eagles fans watch Eagles games, and I believe they watch them in their entirety because it's not a game; it's an event. It's there's 16 of them a year. Well, no, there's not. There's 17. <laughs> God Almighty, or or maybe more. You hope if they make it's, the playoffs. We're going 18 soon. Yeah, yes, I know. Whatever, yes. whatever it is, they but played 18 still, last year. But it yes, they did. It is still an event that you plan your week around. Um, do you or do you think do you think your your basic Philadelphia sports fan says, "Oh, Sunday night football. I'm gonna sit down for the next three and a half hours." And watch the Chargers against the Patriots. That's a good question. I, I, the other thing I would throw into this uh, is the gambling aspect of it and in-game betting, which I think would keep people more tuned into a, to an entire game rather than just a highlight. But um, I still say with the NFL, even out of town, that that would be more. I, but I for sure think that would apply. Like, I think it's a great measuring stick. What's interesting to me, Glenn, about this is they're still giving out these monster TV deals, and I know things are I going know. towards streaming, but the networks may not be this af- must not be this afraid of it. I and I got numbers on that that I'll get to in a minute because I don't understand any aspect of that. I, I really would like to pull people in on this two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four if you have a thought on this. All right, Kyle, you are how old are you? Kyle? I'm twenty six. All right, you're a pup, right? Yes. So. Where do you line up on it? Well, I, so I think uh, it's really the generation below me that uh, that. Wait, that's, there's a generation below. Yeah, me. there's a few actually, Glenn. Wow. So you might, really? uh, yeah. Sorry to sorry to inform you of that. <laughs> um, but uh, so I probably got like my first cell phone when I was like a young teenager. These kids nowadays, they're getting them, you know. When they're uh, when they're like six, seven, I don't know, like nine, maybe. No, so, they so are these not. kids. Oh well, some kids are. No, six. Well, like, a cell dude, phone at seven. Right, not not six, but like or uh, but they'll have like an iPad or something, some sort it's of true. screen. Yeah, that's very uh, true. A screen yeah. that they're looking yeah. down yeah, yeah, yeah. at, right? They'll have, so, a, they'll have a device. Yeah. yeah, but I agree with Rob that I think football is an entirely different animal, and the gambling has a lot to do with it. But fantasy football, also more than anything, uh, people are still you know locked in, paying attention for their guys. Baseball and basketball, though, yeah, I could easily see a kid checking out on one of those games. I think the thing is, it's not just sports, guys. It's it's really everything. I mean, it's an instant gratification era that we kind of live in, right? You have Twitter. Uh, people are only consuming it's little true. bits, and then they move on to the very next thing. That's why highlights on YouTube, I think, are, are perfect for kids that age. Now, here's where football, I think, separates itself they have red zone, right? Which is like perfect for the attention yeah. span. Yeah, it's, yes. crack. It's, it's crack for right, the attention span. Of those span. young kids. So you're yeah. not, there's no downtime between all the plays, like in baseball and in basketball when they're calling timeouts and stuff. Like it, at red zone, you're getting play after play after play. So that I think is easier to, uh, to keep a younger guy's attention there. But otherwise, I mean, yeah, it's hard to sit there. And, and kids don't watch baseball to see the little uh, intricate games between the pitcher, the mind games between the pitcher and the batter anymore, right? Like, they just want to see the ball go blasted 450 feet. Um, I, I can sort of enjoy the little mind games, so I watch for that. I can enjoy the downtime between baseball because I know what's kind of going on. 
But for the kids, I mean, you know, they couldn't care less. They want to see what somebody tweeted about what Kyle Schwarber, you know, that Kyle Schwarber, it's a home run. They want to see what all their favorite sports guys are tweeting about yeah. Kyle Schwarber's home run instead of waiting to see, you know, what the next guy's doing in the box. Or the so. bat flip or whatever the handshake right. is exactly. after the home run. Or the exit velo, yes. you know, just stupid stuff like that. So it, it's a really, like, instant gratification, uh, quick hit type of uh, era, right. I think, is what it Allow is. Allow me to say that I do, I, in fact, plead guilty to some of this. Uh, and when you talked about how people consume life on Twitter, I do that. I mean, I do that with my news. I subscribe to, to the Philadelphia Inquirer and the New York Times, and I got stacks of it at home from floor to ceiling because I always think, oh, yeah, I'm going to read this later. And then I get all my news on Twitter, and by right. the end of the day, it's like I'm not going to sit down and read a you know 100-inch article because I already saw it 15 times on Twitter. And I think baseball is the extreme of this because we can agree that baseball is long, and I think the product these days is by and large boring. And, you know, the Phillies are playing great, which has people, has us, as everybody in Philly watching it. But by and large, a baseball game is not a very exciting product these days. But the NBA and the NFL, let me, let me give you guys some more numbers. This was a 2021 study commissioned by Variety which is the big showbiz publication. Variety found that, uh, and this is fans age 18 to 34, right? So Kyle's kind of right in the middle of that. 48% of NFL fans, 54% of NBA fans, and 58% of Major League Baseball fans prefer watching highlights of their favorite sports over full games. That's half of NFL watchers which I guess could be red zone. It's 54% of NBA watchers, while only 20% of NFL fans over 39 feel the same way. Uh, almost half of NBA and MLB supporters in the same demographic agree with their younger peers. Nobody's watching the games. Yeah. Nobody's watching the games. I read this. There's an article by a guy who, the guy who did the study, and he said, this is the TikTokification. It's a good word. Uh, in a way of sports, wanting smaller bits, shorter segments, highlights. Even with declining viewership, uh, the NFL, and this relates to what you said, Rob, earlier, the NFL signed a number of media rights deals with broadcasters like Amazon, NBC, CBS, and others. The story's from 2021. Collectively, these deals were worth $113 billion over the next 11 years. That's more than a decade away, given... What we're seeing, given all that, doesn't it seem a mistake for the broadcasters to kind of sign that big money, those big money deals? Yeah, I just wonder if they're out of touch. If it does, if the bubble doesn't burst at some point, and advertisers don't read what you're reading, Glenn, I don't quite get why that there's still that number. Now, some of those are streaming services, which are a little bit of a different way to consume things for sure. But I, you know, I don't know. Is this? Is this any different than what we're getting in society in general? Like, it, sports are always a reflection of society. We don't have the same attention span, which means you can't sit, people can't sit through two and a half, three hours of anything, let alone a sporting event. And that's one of the reasons why Twitter, I'm going to scroll through it. I'm not going to sit there and read the New York Times in-depth piece about uh, global warming. So, so I think a lot of it is is a straight reflection of what's going on in our world and our life in 2022. Let me ask you a question. You're watching it. You're watching an NBA game. You're watching the NBA uh, final semifinals, mm-hmm. okay? Which weren't very good this year. There were no a lot, a lot of blowouts, blowouts in the NBA playoffs. playoffs. But whatever. And you're watching the NBA finals. Does Rob Ellis have one hand on the remote control 
kind of going back and forth during slow time so that you can keep up with the old man or whatever other show you're watching. Mm-hmm. That was a question. Oh, I thought you meant one hand on on, on my phone and my on the remote. Um, one one hand. Well, you yes. may on the phone as well. That's you got two hands. Yes. If it's I not, do, the I sixers. watch every damn thing with my phone in my hand, looking it, at stuff. So do I. It, it, and I unfortunately I eat that way too a lot of times. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is. Oh, and you have a wife who probably is as excited about it. Oh, she's you. thrilled. Yeah, it, it's great. It's great for Can conversation. Can we put down the phone the, and well, spend time together? Well, that and you know if this kids see you doing it, they're going to do it too. Right. But um. No, I, I agree with you 100%. If it's the Sixers, I'm probably just completely locked in. But if it's Golden State and and the Celtics and it's an eight-point game, yeah, I'm seeing what, what Jeff Bridges is doing uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the old man. So, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm guilty as well. Like, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm you know this, this patient guy who could sit through everything. I've become homogenized to what this world is too. I still like watching games. Look, Glenn, I'm the sucker – who will just I'm their I'm their target audience because I watch consume a ton of it and I'm different. I know I am. And I I'm, I'm not the way things are now. I get it. It has trended the other way. It's definitely trended the other way and we want to ask this. I mean it's it's this a different topic than we usually address and you can bring up any of the other things that we have or will talk about. But I'd really love a people a couple of people to just weigh in on this um, of whatever age group you are and say and ask you the question. How do you watch games anymore? Do you still watch games? Do you prefer highlights to games? Do you, you know, wait until the morning or, you know, check 1130 at night before you go to bed? Let's get the highlights of all the games, which are, God, you can get them all and they're great. And I can consume the whole thing in 20 minutes. By the way, you know who started all this? The guilty party. If it is guilty, I don't want to I don't want to put a value uh, judgment on it, but, you know, you know who started this whole thing? ESPN with SportsCenter? ESPN, that is correct. But I, I still say, maybe ignorance is bliss. If you aren't watching a game, you're not picking up on a lot of stuff that's going on. Yeah, you, but not everybody feels the need to. I Yeah, no, I guess. I, I, think I ba- mean, you're in the business. You have to. True, very true. I think baseball is probably number one on this trend list. And I would say yeah, well, football would, would... Haven't would, we suffered enough? Would fall less, but you, your point about baseball is right. You know, people can say whatever they want. It's not as aesthetically pleasing as it was. It is an all-or-nothing game that's become about middle relief, which is the least sexiest thing on the face of the earth. Yeah, it's about strikeouts and home runs. Right. Uh, let me let's let's get Mike and Exton and see what he thinks about this. Hey, Mike. Hi, guys. I definitely went in on this. Um, I've reverted back to listening to sports on the radio. There's too many commercials, and these people on TV. Talk way too much. Hmm. Well, hold on. There's no more. Are there any fewer commercials on radio? Ah, uh, well, you know, it's it's an easier to listen. You know, right. I only listen to Philly sports. That's yeah. for me. I mean, it's just too. It's too. I watch. It's hard to even get through an Eagles game. I remember watching the Thursday night football game with Brady, and I had to go listen to Merrill. Well, I, I can't fault you there. I, I mean, you, there there are times where the national broadcast just don't know as much about your team, and, and you are better off. Glenn, I'll tell uh, one other thing yeah, on this. He's he's bringing up a a valid but separate. Issue. Yeah, sort of a different deal. But I will say this, and this is sort of touches on what he mentioned. I don't know if you remember this game. Remember the Phillies played that uh, that that early twelve o'clock game. Um, was it was it against the Nats? It, it, it was the it was the Amazon the uh, Peacock game. 
Do you remember yes, that? Yes, I did not watch that on television. Okay. But, uh, yes. it, it was, you know, it was a challenge to listen, to, to watch and listen to the broadcast. It, it, they're trying to go in this direction. And in fact, last week, I think they didn't even have announcers, believe it or not. Yeah, there was a game in Detroit. Right. Uh, yeah. It's, it's become more <laughs> of sort of like talk show as opposed to play by play. And the problem that you have is they try to, like, they put Ruben Amaro there with Kevin Franson, who certainly has a knowledge of the Phillies. There's no doubt, but he does Nats games now. And Jason uh, Benintendi, who does national stuff in the White Sox. But he clearly didn't know, like he mentioned, again, Rail Muto, clearly one of the, you know, probably the greatest catcher in baseball right now. No, he's not. You haven't been watching the Phillies all year if yeah, you're saying I, that. You get that a lot with and, the national right. games. But that, again, it's a different issue. And I, I don't think that's not why people are watching it because we're talking about local broadcasts. Yeah. We're talking about um, all of the sports. We're not talking about the fact that uh, I have to suffer through Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> Um, well, although that's that again, separate but very val- viable issue. Yeah. Well, let's see what people think. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Rob Ellis. I'm Glenn Mack. Now hit us up on ninety four WIP. And it's time for me to talk to you and tell you that the summer heat means it's that time of year to crank up the AC and keep your home cooling more efficiently and help to help save you money on high energy bills. I suggest you go Guida and finally finally replace those old drafty inefficient windows and doors with the great people at Guida Door and Window. Right now Guida is offering the biggest discounts of the year with their big 40% off summer sales event on all expertly installed windows and doors. You'll receive 40% off each window you buy. That's 40% off all high-performance, energy-efficient, triple-pane windows. And you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Plus, get your project started today with no money down and pay it off interest-free for up to 18 full months. All prior sales excluded. Minimum purchase is required. Don't let this pass you by. Go guide it today. Call to schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. He's Rob Ellis. I'm Glenn Mack now. Let's talk to Jack in Roxborough. What's going on, Jack? Oh, nothing much, gentlemen. How are we doing this morning? Doing great, Jack. I just want to touch on a couple of your topics real quick. First off, I think the biggest thing these days is time has just become too valuable. You can't sit there and stuff and and watch every Sixers game and, you know, start to finish Phillies games, all that stuff. Now it's just a filler. The only time I really carve out time is Eagles Sundays. I'll take that three and a half hours and just dedicate it to be an Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you just don't have enough time to sit around and watch sports anymore. That's Everything true. I catch is an hour in the morning getting the kids ready and stuff, watching Sports Center. Uh, Sundays, if I'm in the kitchen cooking dinner, doing the dishes or whatever, I got the Phillies on the TV and stuff in the kitchen. You just don't have that kind of time to invest to be a four for four guy anymore. It's a fair point. There are more games, more teams, and the games are longer. I think it's a fair point. Yeah, and and look, it's not that people didn't work hard back in the day, but it, you know, you could be hustling two, three jobs. I get it. Kids, it's a lot. It is. There's no doubt. It, it is a time drag to have to be to not to keep up with all of it. It is a challenge for sure. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jack. Well, well, well oh, sorry. Yeah, he might have had something else to say. Uh, it's my pal Lou in Mount Laurel. You're on Glenn. with uh, Rob Ellison, uh, Glenn. Hey. Now, hey, Lou. Hey, Glenn. Hey, Rob. How are you? Hey, Lou. Glenn. Glenn, yesterday, I'm sorry if I get upset, but yesterday was one of the worst days in Italian-American history ever. Ever. Oh, I know. Because we signed Tony D'Angelo, and then how does the Lord pass? He takes away pulling walnuts from us because we signed Tony D'Angelo. It's a direct correlation. It's an outrage. It's interesting I've cause and effect. I've never been so embarrassed. <laughs> I've never been so embarrassed to have a vowel at the end of my name, and we have Guy Fieri and Tony Danza. I'm done. I'm done, Glenn. <laughs> and Sonny Corleone. I'm done. And we lost Sonny the day before, James Conn. What's up with Tony D'Angelo? Why? Come on. Yeah. We, we're going to get into that in the next Glenn. segment. I, I, I am eager to hear, Lou, I know you as a good and loyal hockey fan, and I want to hear Glenn, of your outrage. Me. It killed. It killed me. And then you look at what they gave up. We give up Ghost and the pictures to take them. We sign Rislin and the, the. And of course, we have the only player in the world that gets cooped up by the Russian government, where we could have potentially have another goalie. I swear, this organization is cursed, cursed Glenn. I swear to God. Um. I, right. It's well, unbelievable. I mean, it's only been forty-seven years, Lou. I mean, what's the big deal? What's God. the rush? But to, I have to watch Tony D'Angelo. What is, not only is he mediocre, he's a scumbag of a human being. Why? He's, he's had a lot of incidents. Why? Yeah. Uh, and I listen, and, and Lou, as always, tremendous contribution by you, and, I, and your outrage uh, and your humor is great. Um, again, I, I'm kind of saving that for the next segment because I want to dive deep into it. But mm-hmm. one of the things he raised, 
I think everybody kind of knows about it, all the behavioral issues. I don't know that he's as good a player as they think he is, and we'll we'll discuss a lot of that coming up. But uh, the, the one a, thing on that, Glenn, a fine, fine connection he made between that and, and, and or Tony Sirico, right? And Paulie Walnuts. Um, I, I truly believe this is a head. They, they don't think Ryan Ellis is coming back. Four yeah, games. if you, you do think Ryan Ellis is coming back, you'd probably not make this deal. No, this is a hedge to an extent. I mean, it's not like you gave a lot up for the hedge, but it just it it would tell me as we sit here on July 9th that they're not expecting much out of Ryan Ellis in terms of playing. Yeah, yeah I think so. Uh, let's go to Fred. You're on with Rob and Glenn. Hey, Fred. Happy Saturday, gentlemen. Rob, my fellow Temple Owl alum. Hey, Fred. Uh, always good to talk to you guys. Glenn, listen every Saturday. Thank you, um, man. Down here in South Carolina. Um, Thank you. And I don't know how I follow up Lou because that's just <laughs> that's radio gold right there. I don't I don't know how to do it. Um, I'm going to tell you that from my watching perspective, I still I'm more close to your guys' ages, so I'm still invested in the games. I will tell you that my NBA watching experience gets really, really a drudgery when you see guys three clunk miss down the court, three, clunk, missed. I mean, they miss more, far more shots in today's game than they ever made. Now, I get it. They're all – everybody's hitting the three and D. But that's – it becomes unwatchable. And in baseball with launch angles, and I you know, I know I sound like the guy standing on the lawn screaming, get off my lawn. But, you know, when you watch strikeout after strikeout after strikeout or ground out after ground out after ground out, it is really difficult to to – maintain your interest in games like that where in football in an instant it can happen i mean for crying out loud they put the usfl on tv and sold advertising for that so yeah i I didn't watch i didn't watch a second of that did you was it any good i no it was horrible um it it, you know what it was like it was like watching the fourth preseason game every (laughs) single week (laughs) quite an endorsement there yeah i'm just saying um but it was slightly better than the cfl so, but it but it also goes to that idea that you know football is an event. I think it's the reason why the world embraces soccer because it's an event and something mm-hmm. can happen at any moment. Where in say basketball or in baseball, it's drudgery. And those of us who are passionate about sports, yes, we will endure the drudgery. But today's generation and even the generation beyond them, um, they haven't come up like Rob said uh, and and other people have mentioned, but. The idea is that it, you know, as soon as they're bored, they tune out because, you know, the idea is people will stream TV shows seven in a row. They'll sit hours and hours and hours and watch a show. So it isn't about that. But the advertising comes to, you know, people. The reason why I think advertisers do it is because it's there. It's content. So instead of one sponsor sponsoring one set of stream things, you can get three or four sponsors into a game, even if nobody's watching and and Fred, I got to run, but very good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, listen, Rob. The argument always in terms of why sports gets such high rights fees is because it's the one thing you got to watch live. Yes. Right. Yes. You and I can watch our TV shows whenever we want to watch them. Mm-hmm. Sports, you got to watch live. But now all this, you know, this information, the the studies show no people don't watch live. Several of our callers have said. They don't watch live because the content's not as good as it used to be. I think that those callers are not the 18 to 35-year-olds yeah. who don't know what it used to be. They don't know that the content isn't as good as it used to be. They just have different ways of consuming everything. 
I blame Sesame Street. Well, <laughs> here's one of the things I wonder as I'm thinking about this, right? And we brought up the, the the trend towards streaming and Amazon taking over Thursday Night Football and all those kind of things. If this, if everything, and I, I believe all the numbers you've thrown out there, you know, to me, this then bodes very poorly for the traditional CBS, ABC, Fox going forward, and and everything goes towards streaming because they already have you. In other words, you pl- you paid your prescription, your, your subscription price to sign up for these networks. Whereas, if if people aren't paying attention and watching the games and they're bailing, eventually, network TV is going to say this isn't worth our investment. Yeah, it's not. Or you know what else? You know what else? I think we're going to see more of is alternate ways of presenting you the games. Yeah. Example, uh, the NFL did those Nickelodeon games in the last couple of years to attract younger audiences. By all accounts, those were a big hit. Mm-hmm. Example, the Manning Brothers uh, simulcast, yeah. which they've also done with Barkley and done in other sports. They're doing it with Sunday Night Baseball. I don't know if anybody's paying attention, but A-Rod's involved in that. Your boy. Yeah, well, that's the problem. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear A-Rod. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> the Manning thing worked because you felt like you were sitting on the couch with right. them, and they had really cool guests, and mm-hmm. the brothers pulled it off, right. and it was fun. A-Rod's just a drip. <laughs> um, but I think that we'll get more creative programming rather than at 705 i'm mel allen and here comes the first pitch yeah and that goes back to what i was saying i think that's what what peacock is trying to do poorly but they're trying to do it. you're right i think it's going to turn more into almost sports talk as opposed to traditional play-by-play well, maybe we got a future yet that's it <laughs> and it's coming glenn we just got to stick around for a little while longer yeah. get, get ray out of retirement <laughs> he's enjoying himself no, too much I'll sneak in one more call. V, uh, you're on with Robin. Hello, V? I think V got distracted by something else. All right, well, then you know what? We will take the break. We will come back. We will talk to the folks at 215-592-9494. And, yeah, coming up, we'll talk about that trade the Flyers made yesterday that has a lot of people upset. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. He's Rob Ellis. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. They are one for one. Now, Trocek, he's got the power play goal to Ajo. Ajo for D'Angelo. He walks the blue line. D'Angelo shot. He scores! Get fired up, Tony All right, well, that obviously is a highlight from last year. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes' Tony D'Angelo, the Sewell, New Jersey native, scoring a goal. Uh, 215-592-9494. I'm going to ask the callers uh, who um, are are checking in on our issue of how you watch games to stay with us because I don't want to lose that one. But, yeah, the Flyers, uh, it was a big week for the Flyers. You had the NHL draft where they had the fifth uh, pick of the draft and took a kid, Cutter Gauthier, who's a year or two away. I Rob, I have no strong opinion on whether he's going to be any good or not. I mean, he seemed like it wasn't a reach of a pick, right? Athletic and big. Um, I like that he's going to get a little seasoning at BC, which works. Um, he's versatile. He can play center. He can play wing. But, yeah, I mean, I I, I couldn't tell you, Glenn. I, I don't study it closely enough. Um, it, it seemed I, I watched some of the reaction from people. It didn't feel like a reach um, yeah. where they took him. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. They, need, okay. they certainly need some offensive punch, that's for sure. 
the bigger news is the acquisition of Tony D'Angelo, and they gave up three picks. They gave up a fourth-rounder this year, a third-rounder next year, and a second-rounder in 2024. They then signed him to a two-year, $10 million extension. That's pretty, a lot of money. Yeah, he was restricted, so they basically traded for his rights or right. negotiating uh, rights. They He had a nice offensive season last year, 10 goals and 41 assists in 64 games with Carolina, had a good uh, plus-minus, had 10 postseason points in 14 games, but as we have said, has a lot of baggage. Some of it uh, on the ice, some of it off the ice. Let's go through some of it. Um, I mean, I'll I'll put it to you this way. I went online to find highlights of him to play the thing that we just played, and the first thing on Google is something that says, Tony D'Angelo, top jerk moments, (laughs) volume one and two. Two volumes. Yes. Oh, good. And I don't want to, I don't want to get into all the details of some of it. Um, in brief, it's a very quick version. He was suspended in juniors for using racial slur against an old te- on his own teammate uh, twice: once in juniors and once when he was with the Coyotes. He was suspended for abusing an official uh, twice. Former New York Rangers coach David Quinn benched him for on ice outbursts, and the team eventually waived him after he. Um, created started a post-game fight with the goalie goalie. there and insulted the goalie during the air uh is he has been um guilty of episodes of racism and homophobia now last year in carolina he got a fresh start and by all accounts he handled it well under rod brindamore we love rod brindamore runs a very structured operation down there you don't mess around uh d'angelo said that he attended counseling classes whatever that is. Uh, He expressed regret for things that he had said and done in the past. He made a fresh start. He did okay. Mm -hmm. Um, Here's the lead on on the national story. I think I was looking this morning on the Hockey News website. Okay. Um, His downsides, though, are that D'Angelo gives up. And this is not related to his. Yeah, this is not off the ice stuff, right? Right. This is not off the ice stuff. His downsides, though, are that D'Angelo gives up a lot on the defensive end of the ice and brings a ton of baggage with him off the ice. Well, it's both. D'Angelo has already worn out his welcome in multiple organizations and is now set to join what is already his fifth different team at age 26. For a defenseman that, uh, for a defenseman that produces the way he does, that should be an alarming red flag. Why doesn't anybody want to keep him? Right. Uh, okay, I'll I'll go to you. Yeah, I'll I'll put that on your plate and let you deal with it. So drafted by Tampa, then shipped to Arizona, then shipped to the Rangers, then shipped well, basically waived and then picked up by Carolina. Now with the Flyers, this is just since being drafted. This is he's twenty five, right? I mean, he's, he's this is not an an older player. Twenty six. This is not an older player. I mean, you, you're dating back to fourteen when he was drafted, and he's on his fifth organization. That's a lot of movement. And Glenn, I'll even ask you. I hear you. In, in all accounts, there wasn't a lot of you know shenanigans with him last year. Mm-hmm. Why are the, why is he not there? Why is he not? If he was so valuable to them, and the, the production's good, sixty four games, fifty one points. Yeah. I mean, that's good production. I'll give you another one. Go back to the twenty nineteen twenty season in in the, with the Rangers. He puts up fifty three points in sixty eight games. Yet the yet next year they waive him because he's such a headache. Yeah. There's a lot of movement here with this guy, and yeah. he needs to be paired with a phenomenal 
a phenomenally defensive defenseman and disciplined defenseman because, yes, he's going to give you a lot on the power play and he's going to score for you, but on the other end, he's a liability. So you gave a lot up for an, uh, serious questions off the ice and a liability on the defensive end for a team that's, frankly, bad defensively. Yeah, well, all well said. Uh, and um, last year there was, you know, I'm, I'm reading as much as I can yesterday because uh, when you talk about, you know, do you watch games, do you watch highlights? My my watching of the Carolina Hurricanes at most is limited to watching highlights, and I don't watch a ton of those. But I read some stories about it, and it basically said that he, well, listen, he's a good offensive defenseman who can help them in that regard. He had good numbers last year and likely was helped a lot by having Marek Slavin as a defensive partner in Carolina who is regarded as one of the best defensive defensemen in the NHL. Who does he have here to play that role? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what Provorov is at this point. Well, he's he's not that, and and I wonder if this moves toward a trade of Provorov. Who's been a, to me anyway, huge disappointment from Same. what I thought he was going to be. I, I thought he was going to be a perennial all star. I, I thought he was going to be a guy in any Norris Trophy conversation, but he's not. And I don't know if that's him or just they haven't developed him. Well, I don't know, but yeah, I, th- there there doesn't appear to be that player on the roster right now to to pair with him. Um, yeah, it's look, I, I can I can buy second chances. I can buy you know some things you you didn't quite understand about the world and life when you were a kid, if that's the case. Okay. I hope that is the case, but I see someone who is well-traveled who actually has some talent, but for a team that really needs a defensive defenseman, not, not saying they don't need help on the power play because their special teams stink, quite frankly, but I don't see someone here who works well with him, at least right now, as we sit here. Yeah. Um, you saw what Chuck Fletcher said yesterday when asked about his defensive liabilities. Yeah. <laughs> Some of my favorite quotes. We're not expecting Tony to come in and be an elite defender. We wanted to get him so we wouldn't have to defend as much in our own zone. Yeah, it it, it sounds like Ghost. Yeah, who had a good season not here. But right. Yeah, who like who went away from here and, and actually got back to being Ghost. Yeah. So, I, you know, it's and there's been a lot. Yeah, they gave a lot up for him. I just... For a team that's looking for stability, he doesn't feel like a stability kind of guy. He, you know what he feels like, Glenn? The kind of guy you bring into a team that's got an unbelievable culture. Like, he goes to the Patriots, if we, yeah. we to cross sports no, I here, gotcha. I and gotcha. he gets his act together. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't yeah. feel like that. this is a good time right now. And and if, and, and with Tortorella, who I mentioned earlier, is, is a combustible cat to begin with, you know... It, it, this has potential to go off the rails real quick. Well, and I think that's going to be the the interesting dynamic, and I think they had to have considered that and had to have discussed it with Tortorella because you know that John Tortorella isn't going to put up with any of those things that we discussed uh, off or particularly on the ice or in the locker room. You know, again, it's it's stuff that he has said, it's stuff that he has done on the ice, and it's also stuff he's he's brought to the locker room. Yeah. And you also know that playing in Philadelphia as a fan base and a media market isn't the same as playing and succeeding in in Carolina. Uh, I'm not sure how this improves the locker room. It's certainly bad optics. It's not cheap. It's a two-year, $10 million contract extension. Um, I mean, is he going to play ahead of Ellis? Is he going to play ahead of Provera? What, What 
I, I think he plays. He, play he, he may play in lieu of Ellis. I I just I don't know. I mean the the quotes. The other thing, the quotes from from Fletcher regarding Ryan Ellis weren't real encouraging. So yeah. I just don't. I I'm wondering if this is a precursor to you know not having Ellis around. I do Maybe. wonder about that. Maybe. Um, so I, I mean I'll just kind of sum up in in my mind um, paying that much in picks and in salary for a 26-year-old player. And understand, 26 is not old. No. But it's not in hockey. It's not you're you're a you're a rebuilding team. You're not a retooling team. You're not a team looking for that one guy. 26 is not young either. Paying that much for a guy with flaws on the ice and a very sketchy past. I just I don't know that that's the smart move for for this team for a team in rebuild. I don't know. If he makes them more than marginally better, I mean, is he is he a nucleus guy? Is he a building block? Because if you're signing him like this, he's got to be. I'll just, I mean, the last thing I'll say, and I'll kick it to you, mm-hmm. is I appreciate that he had no issues last year in Carolina and under Rod Brindamore, and maybe he's matured. He's got family here. He's coming home. Maybe that all plays very well for him, and he's got support. Maybe he's changed his character. But as I look at this thing today, I'm pretty skeptical. Yeah, it, it, look, if he's seen the error of his ways, and he's and it's it's simply a matter of growing up, and, and that's what it is. And and like you just mentioned, being surrounded by his family will help him as a support system. All for all those reasons, you can get behind at least the, from the character standpoint. But I think there's also hockey flaws here. I mean, if, if again, if there's more moves to come, and you're pairing him with someone who is who is a really good defensive defenseman, then it makes more sense. And also, if you realize if if they've come to the realization that, or they're just completely unsure about Ryan Ellis's return, then I get it. Like, I, I don't, do I think it's the worst move in the world? No, but it feels like a lot for a guy with with a lot of other stuff happening. Yeah, well, they certainly, if, if nothing else, they put them they put themselves in the news. Well, they did, and, and y- y- you know, <laughs> we it, weren't going to discuss Cutter Goche a whole lot today. No, they've done much. they've done two things, Glenn, that have made them uh, relevant. Whether whether that's good or bad, uh, Tortorella is one of them for sure. Uh, Tortorella is the kind of coach that that brings you attention. It's not Dave Hackstall where you're saying who, <laughs> <laughs> okay? And 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 I had the personality of a cardboard. Oh box. God, R- Ryan Sandberg was a party compared to Dave Hackstall. <laughs> I mean, but uh, but you, D'Angelo's a guy you're going to notice, okay? Right or wrong, good or bad, you're going to notice. So if the attempt is to sell some tickets and from a PR standpoint get people interested again, we're talking about them when, frankly, we probably wouldn't give them the flyers too much time just based off a of cutter Gauthier. Yes, and if I may say to Tony D'Angelo, the only advice I have for you is stay off of social media. Amen. It does not appear to have served you well in the past. And it's usually not a win period for – athletes in in a lot of ways yeah depending on yeah you know what they how they want to address it let's get uh let's get neil um up here in east norton neil what's uh, on your mind today well glenn rob how are you doing today all right all right neil good good well i want to keep the conversation going with the flyers um i i I don't know where i how i feel about the d'angelo trade that i look at it it's only two years i know five million and five million but I just looked at their cap. They're only right now a hundred thousand over the cap. Chuck Fletcher said something the other day, even before they got D'Angelo. He said we need to get bigger, faster, and quicker. So that's just about every component of the hockey team. They definitely got tougher and bigger with D'Angelo. Pound for pound, he's one of the toughest guys in the league. 
old school Broad Street Bully fans will love the fact that he's a great fighter. I want to put all that to the side. This tells me, gentlemen, that Ryan Ellis isn't going to play a minute this year. They're going to stash Ellis' $6 million salary and use it to go sign Johnny Goudreau this week and maybe even flip JVR to a team that has to get up to the cap like Seattle or Arizona. And then there's $13, $14 million to go sign Johnny Goudreau. Um, do, you, do you buy any of that about Goudreau coming to Philly? I think there may be something to it, Neil. Yeah, for sure. I, and I think that he would he would probably want to come here. Um, I, I think, you know, look, the, the, the appeal to be home, uh, I think there's a draw there. But you're also talking about a team that hasn't won a lot of hockey games. So that's really the rub there for Johnny Gaudreau. But I think it's possible. And, and like I said, they're trying to make noise this offseason, and that would be a real positive noisemaker for them if they could pull that off. Um, I, I agree. And, you know, the Fletcher comment saying that we want to get quicker. I mean, they're, they're getting bigger um, just by getting some of these injured players back. Tourier, Kevin Hayes. Uh, Goudreau fills a humongous need that was vacated after they traded Giroux, uh, Claude Giroux. You know, he, he's, he's a, he's a Claude, he's a high, he's a more highly skilled Claude Giroux. Oh, yeah. oh he, he's, and, and he's, he's 10 an elite years younger player. than Claude. Phenomenal player. He's an elite player and he would also give them positive attention, which is something yes. this franchise badly, badly needs. This, this takes the, 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 if, if it happened, it would take the notice off of D'Angelo and, and all the focus would go on. Yeah, it would drum. be a big story. No, Robert no. Uh, wants to check in. Hey, Robert. Hey, how you doing? All right. Uh, let me get you on here. I just wanted to jump in because I just got out of the gym and it was so cool. I turned you guys on and you guys were talking about the Flyers. And before I left, I was on Philly.com blogging a little bit about it. And I just think this move is a Fletcher move, man. I think he's worried about his job. He's, you know, this team needs to rebuild. He's, he is trading every draft pick that we have away. I don't think we have a first one last year. We didn't have a second this year. Now he's getting away a second, third. I thought this team was rebuilding. You know, I mean, that's what they. Yeah, need let to me do. just say, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with your overall point. The only upside to it is, you gave away a fourth this year, a third next year, and a second the year after. So it's kind of like you're putting off to the future the higher pick. Yeah. But I, I'm not going to disagree with you, Robert. Um, and Mike Sielski wrote a good column about this this morning in the Choir. They need more than what they're doing. They need more than cosmetic change. They, they need a full rebuild. And the question is whether Fletcher is willing and able to do a full rebuild. Well, what do you think? If he has another bad season, is he around? I think he's gone. I Fletcher's mean, he gone. Be. Fletcher's gone if they have a bad season. And I look at the Rangers. Now I look at the Devils. Surprised they drafted number two because you look, they got some star power on that team as do the Rangers. What star power does the Flyers have? We, I mean, I can't no, name a star. No. There isn't Kevin a star. Hayes, seven million. He was, he's averaged 12 goals a season. So we've had him for four years. Ellis is never playing. That guy's done. He was a damaged goods when we got him. These moves that he's made, I don't know why he's still here. And I think now he's, you know, mortgaging the future. That's my feeling this whole well, thing. I, and and you said it well, no doubt. Yeah, and Glenn, it feels like they should have blown it to bits. I'm not talking process Sixers, but it, it feels like it should have been more of a concerted effort to, to rebuild it. I, it feels like they're trying to remake this on the fly. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take... The Eagles out of this conversation because I think Howie Howie's GM for life. Mm. All right, give me the order in which these guys leave from soonest to latest of Fletcher, Dave Dombrowski, and uh, Daryl Morey. 
Fletcher, we'll leave first. Okay. Dombrowski and then Maury. I, I don't think any of them are long-termers. Uh, okay. Dombrowski, certainly uh, his age isn't going to be around forever. But I just get a sense that Maury's not going to be around forever. So well, that's you have him as the second longest, so you, yeah. we're going to have a lot of news coming There's up. There's going to be a lot of changes. Year. I mean, Dombrowski's an older guy. Uh, I think Chuck Fletcher is hanging by. I think, he, frankly, they should have made a move on him after this past season. Uh, so I don't think he's – I think he's a short-termer. And, yeah, I, I, I would completely concur with you with Howie. He's not going anywhere. Nor, no. and, and, look, he had a hell – he's had two monster no, off-seasons. I'm not going to fire him. I, no. No, I have, I have no problem whatsoever in that regard. Absolutely. Two on five. Five nine two ninety four ninety four. He's Rob Ellis. I'm Glenn Mack. Now coming up, we are going to tell you about a show that Rob and I both started watching this week that we highly recommend. Rob, one of the things over the years uh, when Ray and I do what we're watching that I find is like people will see me during the week and occasionally they'll say like, "Yeah, what do you think of that Phillies move?" And I'll give my answer. I get ten times the amount of people who come up to me and say like, "So what show should I be watching?" <laughs> So, <laughs> I like know, it. Look, I, I love that segment. I love uh, the. We, I listen every week. We know where the bread is buttered. I hear 215-592-9494 with Rob Ellis. I'm Glenn Mack now on 94W. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Medela, the Markable Fighter. Trick responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. UIP. Hey, what are you going to do? Nice college boy, huh? They want to get mixed up in the family business? Now you want to gun down a police captain because he slapped you in the face a little bit? What do you think, this is the army where you shoot them a mile away? You got to get them close like this, and bada bing, you blow their brains all over your nice cyber league suit. Come here. Well, what you just heard was an historic moment in media, which was the invention of the term bada bing, <laughs> uh, which I came to learn later that, that James Caan, um, well, there were a lot of improvised moments in The Godfather, uh, and James Caan, kind of on the spur of the moment in that scene where he's explaining to Michael that he can't shoot the cop, which Michael does eventually, just kind of drop that little musical phrase, bada bing, into his description of, I guess, up-close assassination, something that uh, he'd been involved with, uh, but something that Michael had not previously. And I read that James Kahn got the phrase from Carmine Persico when he was researching the role, Carmine Persico really being a real mobster. Uh, and later became what the uh, Sopranos named the strip club and something that people use all the time. Always. How about that for knowledge, Rob Ellis? That is serious research right there, Glenn. There but that's, it's fitting, though. I mean, All right. This is what we're watching. Sponsored by Guided Door and Window. Take advantage of Guided Door and Windows. Big summer sales event. Receive 40% off all windows and doors. Call 1-877-GO-GUIDER or visit them at goguida.com. So James Kahn died um, today, Saturday, Thursday. 
Uh, let, me, let me get your take, and then I want to give you my favorite James Conn sports movies. Uh, I, I, a titan, really. I mean, you're talking about a guy throughout the... Well, he was he was mostly doing TV in the '60s, but 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 who was just an absolute monster, a beast in the '70s in terms of some of the movies and some of the roles, which started with one of them. You'll get into the, your sports movies, but also just one of the biggest tear jerkers in the in the history of you know tel- made for TV films. Brian song, um, and follow that up the next year with The Godfather, which is think about that that year he, that he had right there. But yeah, I mean, just an absolute titan, uh, you know, and one of those guys who you felt like Glenn lived it away from the screen too you know he was yeah, he I was guess. classic playboy mansion you yeah, know he was he consuming was. everything he could consume yeah. if you know what i'm saying um yeah, yeah. he was one of those guys too um i loved everything he was in i you know he, he, even the elf he, i thought he was great in he was good in elf yeah so, he was i'm a huge fan it's it's a sh- i hate seeing these guys go i know um so he you know, Sonny was of course the huge role you mentioned brian's song where he played brian piccolo um which I love. What people remember is it was a made-for-TV movie that if you didn't see it when it was on TV, people never saw it, but people watched it. And years ago, when Ray and I wrote our book, The Ultimate Book of Sports Movies, and we asked athletes and broadcasters and actors their all-time favorite sports movies, we were amazed at how many of them named Brian Song and how many of them, and I'll give you two I remember, Larry Zonka and Brian Baldinger, two mm. tough guys, right? Mm said that that movie made them cry. That hit a real chord, right? Because I, I can I can see it with NFL players, too. But the friendship that those two had, and, and you know, rooming together in the 60s, mid-60s, when this stuff wasn't done, an yeah, African-American player, guy. yeah, right. that was a big deal. But the camaraderie that those two had, um, and let's face it, Glenn, those, those scenes when, when, when Piccolo's dying, oh, my oh, God, oh, man. Oh, you know, and, and, and when Sayers gives Brian, Piccolo. yeah. And I want you to love him tonight too. Like <laughs> when he's, when Billy D Williams is delivering that speech, if yeah. you're not in tears, you have, you oh, got, yeah. you got problems, man. You got to check your emotions. He was also in the program where he plays coach Sam winters at Eastern state university, uh, which I thought he did a terrific job yeah. at. That was that was that was a really good movie. Omar Epps was very good in that movie as um Darnell He was a running Jefferson. back. I know I'm trying yeah. I think his name was Darnell Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Um he was he was really good in a movie that very few people have seen, and I recommend if you can find this and 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 play it, it's great, called The Gambler, where he played a college professor, Axel Fried, who's um who's got a sports betting addiction. And it's just getting worse and worse during the movie. He ends up stealing money from his mom. He ends up trying to convince one of the students in his class who plays for the basketball team to shave points and just gets more and more desperate. It's it's a terrific movie, and he's great in it, called The Gambler. Mm -hmm. And then one of my own favorites that I I still watch this one every five years or so. You ever see the original Rollerball? I've never seen that. Oh, I, I, Rob I, yeah. Ellis, come on. <laughs> I, uh, Get in the game. Very Yeah, very 70s, uh, that oh, one. Oh, totally 70s. For sure. But, no, I've heard he's great. Is that the one that Raquel Welsh is also in? No, no, no. She's not in it. Oh, okay. Um, no, no. That, that's, uh, that's about uh, Rollerball. I mean, that's about um, Roller Derby. Okay. This is based on a fictional futuristic sport. The funny thing is the movie is set in, like, the future, 2019, <laughs> right? And you yeah. see it and, like, well, these things don't happen. Yeah. Um, although everybody's always staring into a screen, which kind of that did happen. But 
everything, actually, maybe it did all happen because it's about corporate feudalism and sports becoming more and more vicious and people becoming addicted to it. And, and he is the, his name is Jonathan E. He's the captain and star of the Houston rollerball team. Um, and he, well, I, I don't want to tell you what they, he's supposed to do something that he refuses to do. And then he spends the whole rest of the movie trying to save his life. And there's okay. great, great comment about, uh, homegrown fascism and bloodlust and all that, but it's and and laughs. Uh, right. so right. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it. The remake was terrible. The original was great. Okay. Uh, so he passed away. And then last night, I'm getting ice cream on my summer vacation, and I learned that Tony Sirico, Paulie Walnuts, passed Nick. away. I mean, how much more can we take here? Yeah. I mean, okay. really? Right, I, here I, you go. Okay. I'm going to ask you. Ultimate Paulie Walnuts episode. Oh, it's Pine Barrens. It, 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 that's a goat episode, period, but it's the Pine Barrens. Yeah. yeah. The ultimate... The ultimate Christopher. Yeah. Sucking packets catch of ketchup a packet. in the freezer. Because they wouldn't go to Roy Rogers earlier when Christopher begged him because he was starving and Paulie wouldn't let him. Yeah. And, and, and the greatest is Gandal, uh, Tony Soprano's phone is breaking up the flip phones back yeah. then. Yeah. And he's trying to explain to him, like, this guy's the real deal that you're hunting down. Like, understand what you're dealing with. And all Paulie can make of it is he, he killed 16 Czechoslovakians and he's an interior well, designer. You, yeah. you, you call for it. All right. Kyle Quinn's got it. He was with the Interior Ministry. Guy, some kind of Russian green beret. This guy cannot come back to tell this story. You understand? I hear you. There is, Paulie. Oh? Tony, you there? I. Call me back! You're not gonna believe this. He killed 16 Czechoslovakians. Guy was an interior decorator. <laughs> His house looked like. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher's line is killer too. <laughs> it's great. Oh, so good. So I read a thing last night that Tony Sirico, the actor, yeah, was in prison. It's true. And and he they had a visiting troupe of actors who were ex cons come in to do a show for the guys, and he he like as he's watching, he's like, "This is what I'm going to do." And he did it. He yeah, made he, it. he left the mob. He completely changed his life around, and he, he really st- he was obviously an older guy. And he, he has a couple little cameos in Goodfellas and some other stuff. Yeah, if, if you go yeah. back and really pay attention closely, but yeah, I mean, he was. I think that that scene, Glenn, and that that episode, and the other one where he's explaining uh, the the bacteria that's on uh, your shoelaces. Oh, well, you, t- you go to the urinal. And you yeah, tie your shoe. He, yeah. He's he's literally cooking dinner for them at, at uh, Satriali's, and it's hilarious. It, yeah. it, the whole scene is hilarious. He was yeah. awesome. Okay, um, so let's get to the show we're watching. We appreciate people on. We're, we're going to get you guys coming right up. Um, I started watching a show the other day called The Bear. Um, one thing television does really well these days is food. There are terrific cooking shows. There, I mean, there's a whole network about it. There are restaurant reality shows. I've told people watch that Stanley Tucci in Italy show, and, and they make food look so delicious. It makes your eyes water just to see it. So now there's a new drama on TV about food, about restaurants, and it's called The Bear. Big summer hit on FX Hulu. And it centers on a talented young chef uh, named Carmen. The actor's Jeremy Allen White, who played Lip in Shameless, which was a terrific show, going home to run his dead brother's sandwich shop in working-class Chicago after being a celebrity chef in California. 
Um, I'd le- I'd let me just set it up, Rob, and I'll get your take, because I appreciate that, that after I mentioned this, you started watching it last night. So he, the character, is leaving behind stardom, you know, the three-star Michelin restaurant to go to work for the equivalent of a hoagie shop, a cheesesteak joint in Chicago. Um, and there, they have, it's, it's roast beef places. Uh, I've been to Chicago, and they are good. And so you don't get to see as much food porn as you get to see how the sausage is made. Uh, with a large cast drama about characters that you'll you'll end up caring about, it's also a show where watching it you sometimes find it difficult to breathe. I've never worked in a restaurant, Rob. I don't know if you have, but everything seems frenetic and fast paced and on the verge of chaos. And the show puts you there in the kitchen, um, and I'm breaking out into sweats while I'm watching mm-hmm. it. But I'm really liking it. Uh, you use the word that I have written down, frenetic, and the action in it is – you really get an idea the, the the pressure that they're under, how quickly they have to move, what has to be going on there. You really get a sense for all of that, and they fla- – I don't want to give too much away, but there's flashbacks as well that give you an idea of the kind of immense pressure that th- this guy was under. Oh, uh, man. Incredible. I think you want to be a chef. I don't know if that's a Yeah, you're going to have some second thoughts if that's the case, but um, – the action is awesome. Uh, it, they, what they do too really well, they give you a, a little sort of tease of the backstory and kind of where we're headed with certain little morsels that they'll drop for you that you, you're like, oh, I got to find out what this is all about. And they do a great job of that. I'll tell you one other thing I love about it. The soundtrack is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal soundtrack. It's really yes. well done. Yes. And you yes. don't get yes. that much anymore because I they don't agree. want to f- pay rights fees. Ex- and the songs run from the 70s up through now. And yeah. whoever picks the music does a great job. That, that's a very good point. It's well done. Um, yeah. And, and basically, the bottom line of the plot is, as I said, he comes home, uh, and, and you'll recognize him as Lip if you watch that. Um, and he's grieving, and he's clashing with his sister and with the staff at the restaurant, and there's like the abrasive best friend know-it-all uh but he's trying to turn a greasy spoon into something more as everybody's kind of going against his ideas it captures life on the line in a, in a restaurant kitchen but it also has a lot of good subplots and good characters and heightened emotions and i'm three episodes in and not sure my plans for the rest of the day. Oh, by the way, they're only half an hour, which is kind of cool. Yeah, you could rip through them. Right. Yeah. And I think there are 10 episodes in the end or eight episodes. Maybe there's eight I episodes. I think it's eight. Yeah. I think it's eight. So you watch the whole thing in four hours. Mm-hmm. I may uh, I may have my post-dinner plans tonight. Let me give you one, one other thing that caught my eye. At the time, I, I couldn't quite picture who it was. There's a, there's a counselor. I don't want to give too much away um, in it. You know who it is, Glenn? It's Molly Ringwald. The, well, yes, with dark hair. That. You know what? I didn't. I'm looking at the credits. Well, I I, I saw that's episode three, and I'm looking at the credits like Molly Ringwald. You know how? Str- and my I, wife said, "Yeah, that was the counselor." It's like get out of here. Yeah, like I swear to you, I'm not kidding. I, I, so I'm looking at this this woman, and I thought at first it might have been Ali Sheedy, who was also in Breakfast <laughs> Club, but it turns out it's Molly Ringwald with black hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Good, good call. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, you and I both recommend The Bear on FX Hulu. Watch it. It's eight half-hour episodes, and uh, I plan to finish that tonight. Good stuff. All right, let's get to uh, David. You're on with uh, Robin Glenn. Hey, David. David. All right, we have people calling us today who are either impatient or Kind of like your, your your theory on the <laughs> disappearing into <laughs> the ether. Not watching games in, in their entire Yes, that's right. They're waiting for the highlights. Exactly. Stick around. All right, Bob in Prospect Park. Hey, Bob. Hey, good morning, man. 
Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, how you guys doing? Good. Uh, uh, the movie you're talking about with Raquel Welsh in it is a roller derby. That was Kansas City Bomber with Kevin McCarthy in it. Yes. And by the way, a very fun movie. Yeah, and Raquel was one of my all-time favorites. She's still a good-looking woman, darn it. <laughs> oh, that's fine. We're fine. We're, I, I haven't seen her since that Seinfeld episode, and that's got to be 20 years ago. Oh, she's got a beautiful daughter, too, named Taryn. That was in, a, I think, a, what was that movie with a, a, a St. Petersburg with Gutenberg in it? Okay. Oh, with the pods and the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. Human Don't worry you. Okay. Oh, she's beautiful. Taryn, Taryn Welch. Um, well, I, Rob is Googling as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Johnny Gaudreau would really be a good fix for the Flyers. We need a we need a face for this franchise, and 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 D'Angelo. Hopefully, things don't get messy in the locker room. I think Tortorella would keep him in place, but uh, they need they need a little more life in the locker room. They they show no emotion on the ice. I think D'Angelo might be the guy to bring it. The the biggest sin the Flyers had last year, and they were many. Is that they were they were just too boring to watch. We're talking about watching games versus watching highlights. The Flyers were impossible to watch a game, and and when you saw that, Rob, was when you actually watched the postseason. And we know that hockey, the 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 Stanley Cup playoffs are you know ten times more exciting than regular season, right? But it was an entirely different sport. Yeah, it was. It, it, they are so far away. I mean, they are so far away. This wasn't wasn't a couple injuries. This wasn't the fact that they lost Coots. It had a lot more to do with it than that. I mean, there. This has been systematic issues. This has been, you know, systematic whiffs in the draft for years. Poor choices on on, you know, free agent signings and trades. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't happen overnight to to get to where they are. By the way, I'm not sure you're aware of this. I am boycotting all hockey nicknames until the Flyers can't go coots anymore. Round of the players playoffs. Fair enough. No yeah. coots. None of. No. Nobody's earned a nickname at this. Heartsy. None of it. <laughs> I refuse. Torts? Right. You can't even go torts? No, I'm not doing torts. Okay. If, if he gets to the second round of the playoffs, we can go Then torts. he's torts. He's just John? Well, Tortorella <laughs> or right. John, yes. Coach T, whatever. Coach T. Uh, okay, David was apparently under a bridge a moment ago. You have emerged, David? Yes, it was a combination of going under a bridge and my facial socket seeing uh, gas price in Pennsylvania at four fifty five. I'm like, wow, Whoa. it's cheaper than I paid in Jersey. Uh, you know what's amazing? So, so I'm so glad you brought that up because I was paying five bucks, whatever, two three weeks ago, and now I saw essentially the same, like four dollars and fifty two cents. And for a second, I'm thinking, what a bargain! Great deal. And then you and then you realize like. They've just conditioned you to give up. It is. We see four, and we're like, we're drooling at the mouth. Right. It's crazy well, here's still. A, here's, I was there actually at the leave to go to Virginia on Sunday. I was there two weeks ago. I filled up a box truck, and I'm just watching the number go up to $164. And by the time I got to Wilmington, Delaware, <laughs> I had to put in another $100 to top it off. Oh. All right, so you wanted you wanted to talk about watching watching games versus watching highlights. Yeah, you know what the change is? It's um one one gentleman said it's the time. It's not the time because people can binge watch a lot of the streaming stuff. It's um it's partly the product, the the um it's the product, the personalities. I think something something with the Twitter and the Facebook that brings them in your face takes away that mystery. Mm-hmm. And the personalities just aren't as strong to back it up. You put you put Muhammad Ali on Twitter, and Twitter Twitter breaks. 
But there's well, sure. no personality of that level that's worthy of it. So you don't, you know, you watch them. I could take 30 minutes, 15 minutes. That is what it is. And I've, I've kind of gotten to the point where I'm almost all football. I wa- I'm checking on the Sixers. I haven't watched the whole basketball game. All right, so but you you make it you brought it up in an interesting way, and I think that you how old are you, David? Forty two. All right, so you're right in you're right in the middle, yeah. which is good. And I, I gotta let you go. Say hi to your sister. For Thanks, me. David. I hope, I hope you're well. Um, it's the personalities more than the game that interests people the younger they get. I believe. Yeah, it's drama. One of the reasons why there's a popularity Ooh, with the NBA. Old Andy Bloomline. Well, it's true. I mean, one, wow, there's a blast from the past. All the drama. Um, one of the reasons the NBA is as popular as it is is because it's a soap opera. It's Kyrie Irving. Um, it's Kevin Durant. It's this guy wants out. This guy isn't playing. Why isn't he playing? This guy's sitting on the. It's it's not about. Oh, did you see the pick that was just set there for you know the screen? Right. The, what a pick and roll. Be- Beautiful yeah, yeah, those days are gone. It, it's yeah. become Hollywood. It's become entertainment a lot more. The process. It's it's not about so much what's even happening on the court. It's everything surrounding yeah. it. That's a good point. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Hey, the summer heat means it's that time of year to crank up the AC. Keep your home cooling more efficiently and to help you save on high energy bills, I suggest you go Guida and finally replace your old drafty, inefficient windows and doors. With the great people at Guida Door and Window. Right now, Guida is offering the best discounts of the year with their big 40% off summer sales event. On all expertly installed windows and doors, you receive 40% off each window you buy. That's right, 40% off all high-performance, energy-efficient, triple-pane windows, and you receive 40% off any door, including insulated entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Plus, get your project started today with no money down, pay it off interest-free for up to 18 full months. All prior sales excluded, minimum purchase required. Don't let this pass you by. Go guide it today. Call to schedule a free in-home estimate at one eight seven seven go guida or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A dot com. Looked like his right hand. It was his left hand in Atlanta, correct? Or no, no New York. New York New was York. his right. Yep. was his left hand. This is not good. Well, he's walking off already, so he knows. This is not good. Yeah. Well, that was back on uh, May 31st when uh, Gene Segura broke his right index finger. He had surgery on June 3rd, um, had pins inserted. Philly said he expected him to miss 10 to 12 weeks, which takes you to the middle of August. He said the other day that he had the pins taken out and thinks that he will be able to join the Phillies much earlier than expected, which would be good news. Mm -hmm. Dr. Mark Pollard is our guest. Uh, from Cooper Bone and Joint, always like to talk to our experts from Cooper Bone and Joint. So, Doc, I know that you know you're not uh, you haven't been following uh, the details of Gene Segura's injury, but he had the pins, had them taken out. Um, I know the pins are put in to stabilize it. Is it feasible that uh, once you get the pins taken out, you can rush the recovery process? Um, yeah, it's possible. You know, uh, everybody heals at a little bit of a different rate. And so, you know, the, the pins are put in to hold the pieces of bone in place so that they'll heal together in the, you know, acceptable position. And then once the, you know, x-rays show that there's been healing enough to stabilize it, oftentimes, you know, the pins can be removed. 
Usually you need to wait a little bit more time, you know, several more weeks after the pins are removed before uh, um, going to full activity is, you know, the healing is not quite complete usually at that time, but it's pretty close. So I guess uh, the short answer to your question is yes, it is possible, but the timeline might be a little bit faster. Doc, let me ask you, how much do the pins expedite the healing? That's what We heard when, when Harper got hurt that, hey, if it was you or me, you just cast it and, you know, whatever, but this could get him back a little bit quicker. How much can that speed things up? Uh, difficult to quantify, but certainly, you know, several, several weeks at, at least. You know, the pins are there to, to stabilize the bones. The more the bones are stabilized, the more the healing can take place. If the pins aren't in place, there can still be, you know, a little bit of motion or so-called micro-motion at the fracture site, which kind of uh, makes the healing backtrack a little bit and can make the process take a little bit longer. We hope to get these players back as soon as possible. Obviously, Bryce Harper being a huge part of uh, the Phillies' hopes to win this season and getting Gene Segura back would be helpful. Dr. Mark Pollard of Cooper Bone & Joint, it's always our pleasure to check in with you. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. There you go. Um, we'd like to get them back. We'd like to get Ranger Suarez back. Who's that with back spasms? Do you ever get back spasms, Rob Ellis? Uh, no, I've had a pinched nerve, which runs from my lower back through my rear end and down my legs, which is not fun. Uh, that's, that's a good time. Do you, you enjoy that visual I, I just gave you? You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, okay. But, uh, no, but be- Glenn, all the more re- remarkable what they're doing here. No Harper, no Segura. Yeah. Down two, start, two of their starting rotation, two-fifths of their starting rotation. It's it's pretty wild. It's it's very impressive. They got uh, th- what, three more with the cards, right? It's a four-game Yeah, it's a wraparound. You have the Monday game as well. Yep. Right, and uh, the cards are the one of those teams that they're really going to have to be fighting for the wild card. Phillies have been beating good teams. The, you know, I know they, they played Washington and, and beat them and – uh, play the Marlins, although they always have problems with the Marlins. But what's impressive with the Phillies is you can't say they're not beating good teams because they've done well against Milwaukee. They've done well against the Cardinals. They've done well against the Padres. And a lot of those games on the road. No doubt. And I have good news for you. Yeah, we got. Guess what? Guess who's not in the lineup today? Oduble. You are correct, right? sir. Well, Matt Veerling. The, the is Veerling and manning. the Moniak. We get the Veerling. You get a Veerling, yes. I'll take it Which Veerling. is the best option by Batting far. Ninth in center field? Eighth. Uh, Stubby, Stubby's hitting. Uh, I'm um, a big Stubby fan. Love, love Stubby. <laughs> hey, what's not to love? Everybody does. Hey, you know what? This is a highlight. One of our favorites uh, is checking in. Always love when we get to hear from Linda from Ballard. What's up, girl? Uh, everything wonderful, Mr. Ellis. How are Hi, you, Linda. sweetheart? How are we? How you doing? Uh, we are just beautiful. My Phillies, you know, Uncle it's yes, always dear. lovely to hear your dulcet tones, yeah. honey. I've been called dulcet many times, or at least part of that word. Uh, it's just always, dear, my true love. Uh, I am so happy with my boys because I'll tell you the truth. When Harper went out, I was sick to my stomach. Because mm-hmm. the way he was hitting, I, I thought, you know, they cannot be unaffected by this. The man goes up there and hits a – he looks for a home run, he gets it. I mean, really, don't even have to swing the bat. And when he went down his little hand, I thought about that. And I thought, all these hands and fingers getting broke. Yeah. And then uh, just between us, I don't think Ranger Suarez is a starter. I'm sorry. 
I don't I, care. I heard somebody else mention that the other day, and it got me thinking about it. Which he's a very he was a very effective bullpen piece, but effective as a starter. But the problem with that, Lynn, is if he returns to the bullpen, who's taking his place in the rotation? I know that, but now we're starting to see where. And I don't know if you guys agree with me. They got to make a couple trades. They got to get. Um, remember when they got the uh, Gucci? When Utley got hurt. Was, yeah, they Utley got hurt and they brought him in. Yeah. Uh, they need to make a move like this Some, for a pitcher. Or how about going to the A's and plucking one of them? You understand? There's yeah, I guess the question is: so you're going to give up? You're going to give up prospects, right? You're already a hop or painter. Those are the, the prospects, right? Am I missing anybody, Rob? Yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple of arms yeah. in, in the lower levels, but a hoppy would certainly be in, in the discussion as far as close prospects. I don't, I don't think they're going to give any of those up, but I, I agree with Linda. You need a starter badly. That That's the move I would make. Yeah. Lynn, we got to run. You know we love you. I love you too. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. Be well. Thanks, Lynn. Take care. Um, yeah, to me, Glenn, the, the debate is always, do you, you know, is it a reliever? Is it a starter? Is it a position player? For me, if I'm prioritizing, they could use all of three, by the way, but if I'm prioritizing, it's a starter. Because yeah, I don't, yeah. frankly, I don't trust Eflin to stay healthy. Yeah. I, I don't know what's happening right now with Suarez, and I prefer to keep him in the rotation, by the yeah, way. And Gibson's really been... And uh, Gibson's been a disaster. Who's going to go today? Yeah, so what's the center field situation for the rest of the year? I, I would play Veerling every day in center, personally. Get by? Uh, I think you could get by when Segura and Harper get back. It's not ideal. Look, look, right now you're doing it without any offensive contribution from a lot of different positions, and I don't know how much longer you can keep that going. I mean, this is – we keep saying Castellanos has to get going and you want some more consistency out of Real Muto. I, you know, man, no better time than the present. Yeah, I, I hear that. 215-592-9494. Neil Warren, everybody, stick around. We will get you. But coming up, we're going to talk to Bo Wolf. does a great job covering the Eagles for the Athletic. Uh, they did a kind of a, a look through all their 32 correspondents and asked them, what's the biggest concern with the franchise you cover? I'm just going to tell you that for Bo Wolf, the answer was not Jalen Hurts. So we'll find out what it was coming up. With Rob Ellis, I'm Glenn Mack now, Saturday morning as it turns to noon on 94 WI. Under center this time is Bridgewater with Melvin Gordon behind him. Fourth and one. He gives to Gordon, and Gordon is knocked down. Football comes loose. Eagles come up with it. Slay picks it up. Slay running with the ball. And Slay takes off to the far side of the field, to the 30, to the 40. Slay running away from people. Slay at the 40, the 30, the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Darius Slay. <laughs> wow. Rob, can I just tell you something? Yeah. Hearing Merrill Reese's voice on a July like that is just, that's, that's a Counting pleasure. it down, Glenn. It can't come uh, soon enough. It's the greatest. Yep. Uh, this hour sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. And what we played for you was a defensive highlight for your Philadelphia Eagles, who did not have a ton of them last year. Bo Wolf, Bo Wolf, excuse me, joins us. Bo is the fine, fine journalist for the Athletic. Um, and Bo, you guys did kind of a roundtable of the beat reporters this this uh, that ran in the Athletic this past week, uh, where the question is, what is the area of concern for your team? You didn't go chalk, man. You didn't say Jalen Hurts. You said? 
I think I said Jonathan Gannon. You did. So let's talk about it. How come? Well, you know, I just think that there's so much unknown about Jonathan Gannon. And you mentioned Jalen Hurts. I think that the Eagles have sort of put Jonathan Gannon in a very similar position to what they've done with Jalen Hurts. You know, this offseason on offense was about giving Jalen Hurts the weapons that he needed to best evaluate him moving forward, right? Like now that he's got A.J. Brown, he's got these great targets, the offensive line should be great. Now we're going to be able to find out if Jalen Hurts can be the guy. I think they've done a very similar thing on defense. I think uh, they've upgraded at every level. Uh, you talk about adding adding Jordan Davis to the middle of the defensive line, Hassan Reddick to the pass rush, Kaiser White and Kobe Dean to the linebacking core, which obviously needed improvement, and pairing James Bradbury with, with Darius Slay gives them a better tandem of corners. Now we're going to find out if, if Jonathan Gannon can be as good of a coach as the Eagles think he can be. And it's not just the, the talent improvements. They've also given him the ability – to be more versatile, which I think he wants to do. I think he wanted to do last year and realized early on that he maybe didn't have the personnel for that. But, uh, you know, everybody I talk to loves Jonathan Gannon. I'm impressed with Jonathan Gannon. He seems like a very smart guy. Uh, the players like him a lot. But, the, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Last year, this was a defense that ranked 25th in defensive DVOA, second to last in sacks. And I think that now that the defense is this loaded, on paper at least, if this is not a top you know, 12 top 10 defense, I think I think there's a chance that, that the Eagles might think about moving on from Jonathan again. Bo, looking at last year, and I, I concur with what you just said 100%. And I look at last year, I see a team that had no pass rush, that had essentially one good player in the secondary and at best an average linebacking core for sure. And, and I think it, it, you know, all things considered, not all that bad when it comes to points per game. I thought he did a pretty decent job. I know we hate non-aggressive defensive coordinators in this city. Where you know a lot of people were born on Buddy Ryan and Bud Carson and and, and Jim Johnson. I, like I get it. By the way, my hand is raised at this moment. Just so you know. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you, but I, I don't think he had much of a choice. I guess is my point. Last year, I think he was very much a lot of the uh, leeway that we give. Jalen Hurts with not having weapons other than maybe Devontae Smith on the outside. I think the same thing does apply to Jonathan Gannon. I think he was doing this with a, with a hand and you know maybe even part of his arm tied behind his back. Like I, I think he deserves that kind of leeway. But you're right. I mean, they've certainly put it out there for him. What's your sense on the on how they were defensively last year? I, I think I sort of uh, agree with you that he was limited. But but the only thing I disagree about is I think to some degree this is not super different from the style that that Jonathan Gannon would like to play. And you're right. Like the, the passivity does sort of seem like anathema to the Philadelphia DNA. Like we want guys to, to be aggressive. And I think Jonathan Gaines, like top goals are prevent big plays and prevent big plays. Like that's, and that's what he was good at last year. The problem is if you do that, you sort of have to buckle up in the red zone. And last year, I think they were the fourth worst red zone defense in the league. That's usually the kind of thing that just tends to revert to the mean year over year. So I, w- I would expect a bounce back from the Eagles uh, there. And that's part of the reason I think that they should be much better on defense. I'm expecting them to be, you know, a top 12 caliber defense. But I, I just think that, like, the, the defensive personnel, it wasn't that bad last year. It wasn't 25th best in the league personnel. You still had Javon Hargrave having a career year. You had Josh Sweat having a very good year. You had Fletcher Cox in the middle. You had Darius Slay having a monster year. I, I just I don't think they were quite as bad defensively as they were last year. But I do wonder now 
if he's just going to be able to have more of the, the tools in his toolbox that he, he wants to be able to be a little bit more versatile. Let me just say that um, Bo Wolf just accomplished a first in the 100-year history of WIP <laughs> by using passivity and anathema in the same sentence. <laughs> and I got I give him a lot of credit for that. You can follow Bo, by the way. Uh, on Twitter at Bo underscore Wolf, W-U-L-F. You mentioned Fletcher Cox, and Fletcher Cox is a guy whose number will be retired someday in this franchise and has done great things, but clearly is a bit on the decline. Looking forward, what do you think we can expect from Fletcher Cox this year? And if you're the defensive coordinator, how do you kind of do you work him into the scheme more part-time? Do you give him more time off? Do you try to... I, I don't know. What do you do? It's such an interesting question. And you like every single move the Eagles did this offseason, everything Howie Roseman did made so much sense to me from a short-term and long-term perspective, balancing those two goals. Everything made sense except for the Fletcher Cox deal. And I'm still sort of scratching my head about what that was all about, the, the release, and then re-signing him so quickly to such a big number when they were Yeah, they didn't players. cut it much at all. Right, and and there were other players of like similar caliber to the way that Fletcher Cox played last season, who were signing for you know seven eight million dollars, and who were still available when when they re-signed Fletcher Cox. And it's such an interesting dynamic because you know Fletcher Cox in this locker room is a big presence. Like you know he's he's the guy to some extent on defense, but it's a, a defensive tackle rotation that has Javon Hargrave, who's coming off a huge year and is in a contract year if the Eagles don't extend him before training camp starts. you got a first-round pick in Jordan Davis, who's definitely going to play, and they have a, a big role for. And Milton Williams, who was really, really good as a rookie, the third-round pick last year, and I think he needs to be on the field. And so, you know, is Fletcher Cox going to be comfortable being uh, not, not a big player? He's still going to start, but is he going to be comfortable playing, you know, 55 60% of the snaps, something like that? I'm not so sure. Uh, it's sort of a recipe for – uh, for some odd tension, I feel like. But at the same time, you know, I'm sure that Fletcher Cox was aware of that when he re-signed. I mean, he knew that at least Hargrave and Williams were back. But I just, it's it's still something that to me is like the one move of this offseason that, that doesn't fully make sense. Bo, I, I look at the linebackers, and I know this has been another bane of, of Eagles fans, you know, existence for a long time. But, you know, you're, you're looking at a, a crew of Kaiser White, uh, you know, uh, T.J. Edwards, Nicobe Dean potentially, you know, among others here, they look like they have the potential to be about as good as I can remember in a really long time, maybe going back a couple eras here. I think that's right. And, you know, as you said, the bar is low. Uh, I mean, I guess, you know, Nigel Bradham in the, in the 2017 Super Bowl year was as good of a linebacker as I think we've seen in a while, maybe Jordan Hicks earlier on in his career. But uh, I, I think it does have a potential to be a step up from what we've seen over the past three, four years. I think Nicobe Dean is the key. Um, Kaiser White, I, you know, I have high expectations for, but they're also tempered by the fact that, like, linebackers changing schemes are not always as seamless as, as you tend to expect. I'm a little bit curious about why Kaiser White was available for the price that the Eagles were able to get him for, considering the Chargers are going all in on defense this offseason. That's a little bit of a concern for me, but uh, I think that Nicobe Dean, if he can step in and be the player the Eagles expect him to be, right away, I think he's the guy who's going to be sort of like the, the Eagles fan's favorite player on defense. I, I think there's a chance he could be a, a real star right away. Yeah, that's the one where, and, and you get him in the third round and nobody can understand why, that's the one if he's healthy and can play, that'll be uh, quite a thing. Let's just move to offense for a second. 
Um, and I know you wrote about this uh, this week in The Athletic. The Eagles gave up their 18th overall pick. They gave up a third-round pick. They signed A.J. Brown to the huge four-year, $100 million contract. Missing piece? This going to be it? This is going to be what makes Jalen Hurts a star and makes the offense effective? I guess it's what's going to make us find out if Jalen Hurts can be a star, right? Uh, I, I just think that like adding A.J. Brown – to the top down of the, the weapons they have on the outside makes makes everybody better. I mean, Devontae Smith goes from being uh, like a force-fed number one to being a, you know, a co-number one or a number two. Dallas Goddard is going to have less attention at him. And I think Quez Watkins is like a, is an outstanding fourth option, especially because he is that, that vertical threat. It's not like you can just ignore him. Otherwise, he'll, he'll you know, be open down the field. And then A.J. Brown, just an, an all-pro caliber player on his own. Add to that, Jalen Hurts' rushing ability, this offensive line, that should open everything up. I mean, if Jalen Hurts can be as good as the Eagles think he can be, I think A.J. Brown gives us a chance to, to find out whether that is the case. Bo, they, they, out of necessity, became a running team last year in a lot of ways, and it helped transform them. And that, and playing bad teams, got them to, to where they were. You look at it this year, you add A.J. Brown. You have Jalen Hurts now in his second year as a full-time starter. You have Shane Steichen and, and Nick Sirianni in their second years. These guys have been together now for a little while. How much different is this going to look? And if they don't succeed throwing the ball early, will they revert back to the running game or they will they keep just trying to throw here? Because ultimately, I tell me if you disagree, I think they would like to be much more of a throwing team than they have been. Yeah, I think that's that's maybe the most fascinating thing and the question about this season heading into things. Now, the good news is they get to play a lot of bad teams again, like you referenced. The, the schedule seems pretty weak. I think I think their goal, and I don't know if this is is how it will work out, but but their goal is that they can you know change their identity week to week. They have the personnel now to uh, do what the defense is giving them. So if the defense is loading the box against the run, they can open things up. If the defense is taking away stuff on the outside. They can run the ball down their throat. And I think you're probably right that, you know, given the ownership's DNA and given Nick Sirianni's DNA, they probably want to be able to throw the ball a little bit more than they did down the stretch last year. But I also think that if they're going to be as successful running the ball as they were down the stretch, there's really no reason to, you know, to, to change something that's not broken. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the goal is that they can do a little bit of both. I think they would like to tilt a little bit more towards the pass. But I think they're, they're going to try to do what, whatever the defense is giving them. Bo Wolf, it is always a pleasure. Always good stuff by you. Follow him on Twitter at Bo underscore Wolf, W-U-L-F, and read him uh, in The Athletic. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Bo. Uh, there you go. Good stuff. So I heard somebody on our station the other day. I think it was a caller. Um, and, I, and I was listening, so I didn't get to write the, the names down. But the caller was talking about, you know, we, we, we feel good about the Eagles and so on, but the quarterbacks the Eagles have beat in the past two years, and and again, I don't remember them all, but it was like Nick Mullins, Danucci, Trevor Simeon, Taylor Heineke, Daniel Daniel Jones twice, and I'm thinking, oof, yeah. they, 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 were, they were not, a, where's, where's Aaron Rodgers? Caller wasn't wrong, um, no. and, and not only did the good quarterbacks beat them, which they do to the majority of teams, by the way, that's how they, they become good quarterbacks, but they torch them, right? I mean, Derek Carr, 91% completion percentage, yeah. you know, it yeah. was... It was destruction, and and to the Eagles' credit, I think they realized that, and that's why they were as aggressive as they were in the offseason addressing that that side of the ball. I'm very excited about that uh, that football season. I think I think they're going to be 
not great, but very good and very entertaining. I agree, and I don't think they're going to be you know slaughtered by the really good teams uh, like they were last no, year. No, 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 no. Let's uh, talk to our pal Neil. Neil Ray Dinger. I was speaking to him last week. He told me specifically to say hello to you. Yeah, and I'm glad the Phillies honored him. He definitely deserved that honor. Yeah. You know, like when Nailed the Phillies did pitch. it was a nice ceremony. Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely a class guy, and uh, I definitely miss him. So, um, uh, just uh, I'll, I'll talk about the Phillies in a minute, but briefly with the Eagles, it's almost topsy turvy because now the schedule's a lot easier. They start off with Detroit, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Washington. So, this, you know, from a two and six schedule, they could actually get off to a pretty good start. And now, you know, I know the end of the schedule where they play Tennessee and maybe the pa- and some of the good teams, you know, it's maybe tail-heavy there. And, of course, Dallas lost Amari Cooper and some of the offensive linemen. So I think the Eagles could be in with the division, but hopefully they have an aggressive approach. So I'm hoping under Gannon, mm-hmm. especially with Reddick in, and Hargrave and Sweat yep. and maybe Fletcher. Neil, i got to interrupt you because I know you called about the Phillies, and I want to get that in before we run out of time. Okay. i, I got to give credit to Rob Thompson. I think he's got him even keel. And it's unusual. You know, the Phillies and the Braves since June have been the best teams in the National League. You know, I know the Mets got off the good start, but luckily they don't play the Mets again until August. So I'm just hoping it continues with the offense. But the bullpen turnaround has been great, and I hope they make moves to the trade deadline, like Rob said, to get a starter. Because they, I you know, like definitely with Eflin and Suarez with the injuries, they yeah. could use another starter. Maybe Neil, going always, into always good season. stuff. Uh, Neil always covers a lot of ground, which is what Ray uh, misses him for. So the Mets are now two and a half games ahead of the Braves, yeah. seven ahead of the Phillies. I mean, the Mets have been declining a little bit. Not like they're in collapse, but they're not maintaining the pace they were. But they, mm-hmm. they've been down two great starting pitchers who I think are coming back. So. Well, yeah, they just got Scherzer back and DeGrom's yeah. in, in, yeah. in AAA. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, this is the Braves have just been remarkable more than anything else. And you, yeah. you're in a brutal division. I mean, yeah. this division, top three are nasty. And the Marlins aren't terrible either, but the top three are just really good, man. Yeah, well, so... That's. I guess we're not upset that they added that last one. Not in the look. Two things. Take the playoffs over. I can get it. Glenn. Two things really happened in in the Phillies' favor. One is the third wild card, and and secondly was the universal DH. Uh, that they were game yeah. changers. We're, we're, this is over. <laughs> yes. We're we're talking yes. three hours of Eagles today. If that's not the case. Yes, the Phillies uh, have gained by the fact that half the guys in their lineup are a DH. And yeah, that's working for them. Hey, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. Warren in Gwinnett Valley is with us. Hey, Warren. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, Rob. Sure. Hey, Warren. Um, how's the back, Glenn? It's still a work in progress. I appreciate your asking. I have a herniated disc that had its first anniversary the other day. Oh, we, congrats. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. We partied by uh, doing a little physical therapy, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to my uh, appointment next Tuesday with the acupuncturist. Good. So we're, uh, I'm, I'm living we're with three on. herniated discs, just for the three. record. Three. 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 Are you walking? You're showing off now. I I learned about myself. I do chiropractic. I do everything to take care of myself. So you're in good hands, Glenn. Just keep going. I just wanted to make a quick point. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then um, I wanted to make a point about the Alec Bohm saving um, uh, Zach Wheeler's uh, performance last night. And, Mm -hmm. um, And what a turnaround he's had from... 
his temper tantrums and throwing the bat and hitting himself to um, having a record for the Phillies. I don't know if you heard, but he's the first Philly to have two single home runs in a game uh, with a 2-0 um, win. So he got right? some they've been playing baseball for, uh, They've been playing for whatever, 125 years. The first time it was a 2-0 to zero game and one guy hit both homers. Mm. Yes. Correct. I thought you might have like a Schmidt lefty combo on one of those. Yeah, right. So I, I just feel really glad for him, and uh, it's nice to see. You know, every time you know some other player can't come through, that another Philly is able to take his place and uh, and put runs on the on the board and, and pull out a win for our starting pitchers. They, they, they which, have been. Um, you just have to feel for Aaron Nola every time he goes out there. That, yeah. that he, he, he doesn't get it. You know, I, so we, Rob, we agree. Wheeler's going to the All Star game, right? If he doesn't, something's wrong. Right. Yeah. yeah. And um, Harper was selected as the as the starting DH. Right. And, and Schwarber's got to go to the All Star game I, in some capacity. Right. At least the league in home runs. You would think. Yeah, you got to get him in. There. If not, he's going to be in the home run derby. I would assume. Yeah. I, I know. I'm just saying he'll maybe be in um, LA in some way. And Nola's not going to make it. Nola, I mean, they really don't choose on wins-losses anymore. It's a stat that people don't really look at. But I don't. There's There are enough starting pitchers having a good year, and they take a lot of relievers. I don't think Nola will make it. So the all-star contingent, we believe, will be Harper waving to the crowd, uh, Wheeler and Schwarber, right? That's it? It should be. That, oh, yeah, that's it. I mean, other than Odubel Herrera, it's clearly it's the other guy. No, but uh, no. <laughs> What's happened to Nola? It, it reminds me of some some of the years that Cole Hamels went through, where there's yes. no support or yes. there's just something happening that that is out of his control. But it's it's been one of the big stories of the Phillies this year is his bounce back. I mean, you, you this is why you feel optimistic about the playoffs because you shorten the rotation and you throw those two out there. You know, games one and two, and you have a chance. So who's the third starter in the playoffs? Yeesh. Gibson going to recover? Maybe not here yet. Maybe not here. I don't trust. I think Gibson's Joe Blanton. <laughs> right. right. For the most part, has been fine up until this point as a fifth starter, but he's really imploded lately. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he's going to be decent today and keep him in the game and eat some innings. But um, I, I would say Suarez or to be determined. I, I, Eflin's knee, I just can't trust it's going to hold up. Yeah. No, I, I, I hear you. Uh, oh, our friend Tasty Cake Dom is checking in. You on the route right now? I'm on the route. Yes, Glenn. What's up, go. Dobby? How are you guys going? I'll, I'll text you my address. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime, Glenn. Thanks, Dom. I, I actually should have trusted. I know both of you guys for a thousand years. I should have trusted you guys to conduct the interview. So when this Bo guy says the proof is in the pudding, I immediately called you guys because I thought that was the most ridiculous statement in the history of sports talk radio. Because you got Glenn, you got a first-year head coach, you got mm-hmm. a first-year defensive coordinator, uh, you got a, a quarterback that started four games. You didn't have nearly the talent on both sides of the ball, and they won nine games and made the playoffs. What? What did the guy need to prove? Oh, I think the defense coordinator has a lot to prove. I think that the that. You can make the argument that he didn't have the talent last year, and I agree with that, which is why he played such a cautious, passive defense. And now he's got real players, and the defense has to emerge from being, what did he say it was, 25th, 26th in the league, to a top-10 defense. I, I I think that's well. I think that's what we want to see. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're I'll just he, he. I think he gave. 
Fletcher a little too much credit for for a decent season. I, I think he grossly underachieved. Um, and I, they did an okay job with his points allowed, which is the ultimate stat, all things considered. Like I, I think I'm higher on Jonathan Gannon than, than most, Glenn. I would put it that way. Yeah, and, and, and Robbie, you know, BG is the leader of that defense. Yeah, getting him back and is enormous. Have him last year. Yeah, yeah, and he's back this year. That's I, I know he's long in the tooth. I think that's huge to have him back. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and I, the thing I, I see setting up with this defensive line, it feels like 2017 in that you have a pretty good rotation of ends and defensive tackles where you can really keep these guys fresh. And I think that's going to be enormous. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm I'm so excited to be I, listening. Dom, I share I, your I think... excitement. I do, but I, I don't disagree that there's a lot to prove on defense. But I share your excitement. That it, did he say the, uh, maybe I didn't listen. I thought Yeah, we were talking about Gannon in the defense. The Eagles the Eagles had that the proof is in the pudding and boy I th- I thought that they proved a lot which I was I had Glenn I had them nowhere near winning nine With Rob Ellis, I'm Glenn Macnow, ninety four WIP. Oh, you know, uh Rob, we talked earlier about uh, a couple big uh, losses in showbiz, the passing mm-hmm. of Tony Sabrico, the passing of James Conn, and yesterday I got Twitter notification of the passing of Larry Storch, F Troop. Oh, were you an F Troop kid? Uh, no, I I don't. I'm not sure I've ever seen an episode of F. F-Troop. Is that right? Yeah, it's, it's a little before your time. I yes, guess. a lot of the shows I, I would catch in reruns too. Ones that were a little bit ahead of my time. I don't quite remember F Troop as much in the. In it was really stupid. F Troop okay. was of the of the kind of Gilligan's Island, Beverly yeah. Hillbillies yeah. level of dumb humor right um but you know which is not to say necessarily bad because I, in my life i have watched both gilligan's islands and the beverly hillbilly mm-hmm. uh you know kind of old black and white. i think it started black and white and went color during the run but larry storch was a guy who played like the the goofy nutty dumb guy right um and when i went to um palm springs um and hollywood a couple of years ago i walked the hollywood walk of fame and he had a star. And I remember posting, like, this guy's got a star on Hollywood? And I got so much bro- blowback of, like, what are you kidding? He's one of the best actors ever one of the best shows. Really? But since you've never seen it, I, I don't really need to pursue it. I just looked him up. He went to high school with Don Adams. Wow. They, they went they to DeWitt good... Clinton High School in the Bronx with Don yeah, Adams. Bet they had a pretty good senior play. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 99 years old. This wow. guy had a run, man. <laughs> he had a good run. With Agarn, was that his name in F Troop? Oh, Corporal Agarn? Uh, okay. I, let's I never mind. see. Not important. Yeah. But yeah, I mean the I, the, I, the Paulie Walnuts got me last night and then, you know, Khan a couple days earlier. There were yeah. there were some tough ones. Some tough yeah, blows. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess we don't we don't put Larry Storch in there. <laughs> Quite, in was that. he in Godfather 2 or, or 1? <laughs> <laughs> I think he was. Yeah. I think he played uh, Fre- yeah. you know, one of Fredo's friends. Yeah, he doesn't make the pantheon of the greats. Not I appreciate quite. that. All yeah. right. So you've been doing some work looking at some uh, overs and unders mm-hmm. for the Eagles this coming season. And let's, let's spend a couple minutes enjoying it. Yeah. So I, I set these myself. This is not oh, this from is any, the, oh, this any is, service. Oh, the rock. Oh, it's like okay. This. Okay. All right. All right. I'm in. So I'll give you like a, a baseline so you know where you're where you're coming from last year to where I'm setting it for this year, okay? Okay, yeah. So let's start with Miles Sanders. Now, keep in mind, this was only in 12 games. He missed five games. 
He rushed for 754 yards. He yeah. did not score a touchdown, Glenn. Did you realize I, that? I remember. I re- yeah, because I remember it was an issue at the time because he's a guy who could break a long one. Yeah, home run hitter for sure. An average, yeah. you know, five yards per carry. But all right, 750 yards, zero touchdowns in 12 games. I'm going. I'm going to advance that to 950 yards and four touchdowns for 2022. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over on the touchdowns. What'd you say? Nine seventy-five. Nine fifty. Nine fifty. Nine fifty and four TDs. I'm gonna go under on the yards because I think they're gonna spread the ball around a lot, and I think Kenneth Gainwell. I'm not sure if he's gonna be one of the guys you're gonna talk about, but I think Kenneth Gainwell is going to uh, become more a part of it. Okay, I, I would. I would concur with the yards and the touchdowns in my my reasoning for the uh, yards is simply because I think they're going to throw more. And I think the ball is just going to be spread around a little bit more um, than than it was last year. Like, had he stayed healthy for all 17, he's over 1,000, right? And he's yeah. likely... Yeah, especially when they really went to the run. Yeah, finding the end zone a couple of times. But they don't have Jordan Howard unless they pick him up again and, and grab him off the, the scrap heap again. But yeah, you, they could spread it around more to Gainwell and Boston Scott, frankly, yeah. from early on. And it's contract year for him, so keep that in mind, too, in terms of productivity. All right, let's jump to Devontae Smith. 64 catches... 916 yards for five touchdowns. That's what he had last year. 64, 916, and five. Not bad for a rookie. Not bad at all. Not bad when you were the guy on the outside that they were looking to stop, too, with yep. not a lot of help. Yep. All right, so I, I'm going to jump ahead. I'm, I'm not going to raise the catches a ton, and I'll, we'll get to why in a second, but I have him at 70 catches, 1,000 yards on the nose, and seven touchdowns. 70, 1,000, <sighs> These are good seven. numbers. You're not making it easy. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I need to tell people that this hour is sponsored by Meridian Bank. Business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. Um, there's a lot of guys, and there's one football, as they say, but I think he's going to emerge, and I'm going to go over, over, over. Oh, all three. Okay, I like that. I yeah, like that. I think I think Devonte is going to be a Pro Bowler this year. And uh, would you have it a thousand yards? Yeah, a thousand, right? right on the nose. I think he's going to have a thousand. Who's the last receiver on the Eagles to have a thousand yard season? <sighs> Did Macklin say, go over? A I was thinking it was Macklin. It was there. Don't been nobody since Macklin. I'll look it up. You you okay? You go with the next uh, All category. Right. Yeah, and I look. I um. I, do I think that Devontae Smith can get six more, more catches for sure? Um. But here's the here's the rub. AJ Brown is now a part of this team, and you look at AJ Brown and keep in mind, Glenn, this was 13 games. Okay, he missed four games last year. 63 catches, 869 yards, and five touchdowns. So he had one less catch. You know. 40 less yards, it's you know approximately, and the same amount of touchdowns in four less games did A.J. Brown for the Titans with you know, an okay quarterback in Tannehill, but nothing special. Um, so that said, let's go to this year for A.J. Let's go with 75 catches, again 1,000 yards, and let's go eight touchdowns for A.J. Brown. Boy, they're, they're it's tough. I mean, you can have two thousand yeah. yard receivers. I know that boy. That would be something. By the way, the last receiver, uh, if you want to include it, to have a thousand yards, of course, 
was Zach Ertz when he had that great, great year in 2018. Oh, yeah, I've been thinking tight end. Yeah. The last wide receiver to have 1,000 yards was, I think it was Macklin in 2014. I'm looking. It's a long time. Sean did in 2013. Yeah, in 2015, Jordan Matthews had 997. Oh, was he that man, close? They should have found him on. Yeah, know, come on. There. Yeah, <laughs> do the guy a favor, man. Yeah, get him there. Um, boy, I you're you you should do this professionally. <laughs> give me well, give me give me it again. So I, I Cause went because it, it's tough to have two right thousand yard receivers. Something I uh, you know again I'm kind of looking this up. I don't know if they've ever had that. No, before. I mean I I, I look seventy five catches, a thousand yards, eight touchdowns. I will say um, under on the TDs, over on the yards, right around there on the on the catch. Yeah, I, I would. O- but over on the yards, under on the touchdowns. Th- this would, which is just, I mean, touchdowns is sometimes just you know. Yeah, it's, it's almost like a wins and losses for a pitcher. You, sometimes right. you can't, but whatever. It's not a big measuring stick. Yards and catches and yeah. targets as well because it means you're open and yards per catch. But um, yeah, I mean. That's the beauty of this. I mean, they have the potential to have a killer one-two on the outside with a really good tight end. Yeah, you know, Goddard's sort of an afterthought and, and some depth. Yeah, you know, yeah, and and again, I mentioned Gainwell. I'm I'm hoping that Gainwell produces in the area for which they drafted him, which is catching passes out of the backfield. Yeah, was, which I, Sanders has regressed at. Sanders I, was very good at that. I thought in his like rookie season. Yeah, and then he really regressed. They need a. They need. You know, the Brian Westbrooks, this team, the, the Deuce Staley's, this team um, has always had running backs who could catch the ball. Agree. It, it's it's get him in Ricky space. Waters. Yeah, he's deadly in space. Yeah. Um, but you're right. It, it, the knock on Sanders coming out of Penn State was he doesn't catch the ball well enough. And then his rookie year, you said, no, this dude just didn't get the chance. He's catching yeah. the ball. And then I don't know what he's a, he's a curious guy. Miles Sanders in general. Um, it's a big year for him. That's Keep for waiting sure. for that greatness. You do. All right, let, let's jump to Hertz here, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. 2021, baseline. He had yeah. 3,144 passing yards, yeah. 16 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. Now, keep in mind, he also rushed for 784 yards. and ten. He had 10 rushing touchdowns, Glenn. Oh, yeah. So let's go with the passing numbers. I have him at 3,500 passing yards. Over. Okay. I'm going 4,000. 20 TDs. That's a leap of four from last year. Over. Okay. Rushing yards. I said I dropped it to 608 rushing touchdowns. Under. Under. On Under the- on, the, on the yards. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the plan, I hope, look, you never want to take away his legs because they, they keep defenses honest, mm-hmm. but you know that running quarterback sooner or later, it's not going to work out. So I would like to believe that Nick Sirianni's plan is, okay, look, now I have this guy, this guy, this guy that you can throw it to, this guy you can hand it to, this, you know, the, the other guy you can throw it to out of the backfield. You don't have to run. Ditch it off to your tight end. So I'm going to say 4,000 yards he's going to throw for, 25 touchdowns he's going to throw for, but you had twenty as the number. Uh yes, twenty. Twenty-five. He's going to throw. Okay, four. that's a that's a nine TD leap. I like it. And he's going to rush for under six hundred yards. How about TDs? He had ten that last year. I said I said it at eight. That, and well, that I might even go over. Or it's like right around. I wouldn't bet that proposition. That's a stay away. I, well, because I think that he's still. You know, it's it's third and goal at the one. He's a. I trust him to get in. 
So I think he's going to get a share of touchdowns. Even if he has far fewer carries, I think he'll get a good number of touchdowns because he can do that. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm going to set it as a, at a push. He's going to get eight touchdowns rushing. All right. All right. So uh, how do people reach your bookie operation? <laughs> at R. Ellis Sports. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Watch the TV show when football season starts uh, I, up. Odds uh, that's on. That's always a good CBS show. CBS yeah, 3. I Thank plan you. to start an account. Thank you. you. Have it. All right, let's get TR in here. Hey, TR, what's going on? TR, why are people doing this to us today, Rob? I don't know what's Ellis? going on? They're, man. they're there, and then somehow they're I not think there. Glenn, it's feeding into your short attention span with uh, how people watch games. That's <laughs> how they. That's how they wait on hold. He just wants the highlights of our show. That's he right. He wants, wants the full podcast. Three hours of the show. Exactly. Uh, well, he loses. Yes. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We'll work in a couple of things here before we leave, as well as we go to our producer Kyle Quinn for what we forgot to talk about, and then. Tom Kelly is doing leading up today, taking you up to Philly's Cardinals. Uh, hey, the summer heat means it's that time of year to crank up the AC again, keep your home cooling more efficiently, and to help you save on high energy bills, I suggest you go Guida and finally replace your old drafty inefficient windows and doors with the great people at Guida Door and Window. Right now, Guida is offering the best discounts of the year with their big 40% off summer sale on all expertly installed windows and doors. You receive 40% off each window you buy. That's right, 40% off all high-performance, energy-efficient, triple-pane windows. And you receive 40% off of any door, including insulated entry doors, patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. Plus, get your project started today with no money down, paid off interest-free for up to 18 full months. All prior sales excluded. Minimum purchase required. Don't let this pass you by. Go guide it today. Call to schedule a free, no obligation in home estimate at one eight seven seven Go Guida, or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G U I D A dot com. With Rob Ellis, I am Glenn Mack. Now Philly's two, I think at two fifteen started. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, in St. Louis. Let's sneak in Don here before we go in South Philly. What's going on, Don? Hey, how you guys doing today? Hi, Don. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. It's the first time I've actually been able to jump on and listen to you guys since since Ray. But you guys are doing a great job, man. Thank you Thank very you, much. Um, so the whole thing you guys are talking about with uh, Devontae Smith, um, uh, Brown, and Goddard. I mean, I mean, you're you're talking. I mean, just between those three guys, you're talking what twenty six, twenty seven hundred yards. Yeah, there's I mean, there is it's really there for Jalen Hurts with a good offensive line, a good running game. Those two on the outside and Goddard, man, there are a lot of weapons here. I mean, he's got it delivered. That's the thing. I mean, that's the thing. And then you got to then you got to count for how many yards he's going to be thrown to the running back, whether it's Quez Watkins or, or Greg Ward or Pascal or whoever it's going to be. I mean, he's I mean, dude, he's got he, he really got to pick up his passing game. Right, I mean, so, Rob, you said hit. you said how many yards, Rob? Your over under? I set uh, the over under for thirty five hundred for right, her. And I'm saying four thousand. Don sounds it's like you're you're a... going way beyond. That. Okay. No, 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 no. I oh. think four thousand will get the ball around enough. But That'll do it. 4, do it. Four thousand will do it. Yeah, four thousand yeah. will do it. Yeah, four thousand. And I and I agree with what you were saying. Twenty four or twenty five touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he's got to make that kind of leap. Yeah. Otherwise, we all we have is Tannehill. Correct, <laughs> and you don't want and look, and that's good enough to get you in the playoffs, but not yeah, good enough to take yeah, you any yeah. further. You you don't want him to be Tannehill. Yeah, I agree with, with you. legs. Yeah, um, yeah, I I am 
curious to know. I want to read when they open camp how I spent my vacation by Jalen Hurts. Because you, I assume that he and the team focused entirely offseason on you got to get the quick release, you got to be more accurate, you got to know where the guy, when the guy is open. Now, you know, my frustration with them last year was there were times when you see the receiver breaking from the defensive back, and the quarterback's got to throw it right then. Yeah, and he didn't, and that was a problem. All right, real quick, you got the Phillies lineup for today. What do we got? All right, Schwarber leads off. No surprise there. Reese Hoskins. And, and by the way, I have no problem with that. There was a lot of discussion about that. People think like, "Why is Brian Leo?" It works. I'm fine with it. I am. T- I mean, look, he's been great. Why am I changing it? You don't have an obvious leadoff man. Uh, yeah. You know. Anyway, Schwarber leads off. Hoskins two. Castellanos three. Derek Hall will be uh, uh, batting cleanup. Of all wonder. That's right. Uh, DHing. DD gets the start at short. He bats fifth. Alec Bohm, the hero last night, bats sixth. Sixth. Bryson Stott will be at second base. He will bat seventh. Matt Veerling is in center field. Amen. He will bat eighth. <laughs> Garrett Stubbs uh, batting ninth and catching. Kyle Gibson is the starter. You remember, Glenn, they pushed him back a day because they feel like he may be getting a tired arm. Yeah. Actually, it worked great last night because Wheeler was awesome. So we'll see how it works out today. It's it's a it's a winning lineup, and you look at it on its face, and I it would not seem to be. But hey, whatever works works great. By the way, just a quick preview tomorrow. Uh, Jody McDonald and I are working together, and we are doing something. I did, geez, I think seven years ago. This same week, as you know, Rob, this is not the most active week for mm-hmm. sports and stuff. Uh, barring any major stories breaking, Jody and I tomorrow will doing will be doing the draft of all time TV characters. Oh, along with the audience and our producer to hear Hood. So, if you had Rob Ellis, the number one pick all time television character, who would you take? Tony Soprano. Yeah, that's probably who I James think. Gandolfini. He's, he's a one seed. I, I want at least. Uh, Tony Sirico, Polly Walnuts, to at least be in the in, in some kind of write-in vote if he doesn't make the uh, the well, all-time list. I mean, I'm thinking three hours. We probably could do somewhere between ten and fifteen rounds. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. he'll, he'll he'll sneak in there. Some yeah, special, special teams guy. Like it. All right, let us go to our producer Kyle Quinn. Find out what did we forget to talk about today? Yeah, well, first I, I just want to say I find it interesting that you guys are holding this draft uh, the day that I'm not going to be here <laughs> after what I did to you guys in our most recent oh, yes. snake draft that we had. So, which uh, one was that? He did beat us, Glenn. It yeah, was that was the local draft? the local athlete draft. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. You know, you yeah, your middle rounds were great. You pulled out all the the popular women. That was yes, work, yeah, that yeah. was Carly a, Lloyd. Yeah, yeah, that was that was tough strategy. What I did to you guys there, yeah. but yeah. all right, uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard nearly enough outrage on from the phone calls on this show this whole week about what happened to our USFL Philadelphia Stars <laughs> last weekend. Guys, they lost a heartbreaker 33-30 to to the Birmingham Stallions. Now, here's where it gets a little fishy, guys. These games are all supposed to be played on a neutral site, right? Which mm-hmm. is in Birmingham, Alabama. Now, the Stars had to go up against the oh. Birmingham Stallions Uh-oh. who were playing on their home turf. I mean, what the hell's that? We got hosed, guys. Can I tell yeah. you why nobody's outraged, Kyle? Why, Rob? Because they played in Canton, Ohio. Oh, the playoffs that? were played in Canton, Ohio. Oh, if wow. you're going to be outraged... <laughs> oh, you got it wrong? Oh. <laughs> they played the regular season in Birmingham. Well, uh, it just shows how much I was paying attention to this. Uh, so you were, you were smelling you yourself after the draft. Yeah, exactly. I, look... 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a fake outrage. That's uh, chess pat on me. <laughs> I, I was trying to get. I will give going. you credit, Kyle, if you can name one member of that roster. Case Cookus. It's the quarterback. That's the QB. Did he, did he make that name up? No, no that's really his name. No, yeah, that's, that's really the man. <laughs> Boom. Case Cookus. I redeem myself. It is a great name. <laughs> it's a great. The cooker couldn't couldn't cook us a, uh, yeah, cook, a, up a cook up a championship. Yeah, yeah cook us a championship. Right. You know what? The, the Daily News. We're following that. It would be great. All right. What else? All right. Have? So zero for one so far. All right. You guys ever? Uh, you guys ever hear of a walk off balk? No. no, we we got a walk off balk the other day, fellas. The the Cincinnati Reds walk off balked against the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, it actually, guys, is the twenty third time a team has won on a walk off balk since nineteen twenty. That really? seems like a lot, doesn't it? I, I would have never. I would have knocked that in half at least. <laughs> right. Who was the pitcher? Do you know? Uh, it was some reliever. I, it wasn't like uh, anyone. It wasn't like. I'm not sure he's a very recognizable name. Yeah. Not wow, like that, boy, that's a thrilling way to end a game. Yeah, imagine being in the stands. <laughs> yeah. Woo, we balked it off. I yeah. saw the highlight. I think that the guy at home plate, the batter, kind of just like shrugging as the dude's like skipping down the third baseline. Like, Ugh. all right, that's we won. You, when I become commissioner of baseball, and I'm still waiting for that call, I am eliminating the balk rule. Really? You can do anything you want. You're the pitcher. You have it on the mound. Start, stop, whatever. Nobody really knows when it's a ball club. No, nobody honest. steals anyway well, now, so right. it really you doesn't matter. You know what matter. people always think? Here's, here's the play that drives me crazy. The pitcher fakes to third, you know, turns, fakes throwing it to third, fakes throwing it to home, and right. or fakes throwing it to first, and doesn't it. And the crowd always boos. Like it's a that's not a balk. Yeah. Nothing but that's yeah, it, it's change. a weird built in reaction that, that fans go through for whatever yeah. reason when yeah, it's boo. nothing. Yeah. Well you can usually hear the crowd going, Balk, balk right. like they like they know what they're talking about. Now I will say, I agree with you. I think not a lot of people know what a balk is or think they know what a balk is. But we got one last night from Wheeler, and when he made that movement, I said, that's a balk. Yep. And it was a balk. It was. So I did recognize it when I saw it. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> when this this Rob Manfred idiot yeah. finally is pushed out of a seat that he should not be holding, whole other topic, I realize, and they say, who should be commissioner? And they go, that Mac now in Philadelphia, he's, mm. he's wanted to do it. And I get the job. One of my first things is going to be no more box. Can you uh, fire Angel Hernandez second? Yes, please oh, make I that, saw that the next move. <laughs> I saw that one. That foul ball that solidly hit the chalk. Oh, my God. Goodness. Yes, and he, and he managed to show off. Indeed. <laughs> All right, what else? All right, fellas, one more real quick. I'm not sure if you guys noticed this, but uh, Troy Vincent, who's the head of the NFLPA, is uh, getting the NFL to push for flag football in the Olympics, guys. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently it's becoming pretty popular worldwide, flag football. Love it. I do Love like that. It. Just another sport for America to dominate in. Devin <laughs> Allen would crush in that. Yeah, true. Good call. Yes. Man, that's right up his alley. Yeah, he could go right from one to the other. Just just go do yeah. the hurdles and run right over him yeah, and win the flag championship. Go down the street. Right, wear the flags as you're running the hurdles just so you save the costume change. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I like, and by the way, I'm a big fan of Troy Vincent, who I think is an all-around great guy. Former guest on Tell Us Your Story. If people want to Google that, you can certainly find it. He, he did a great appearance on that. Um, yes, I think, Rob, you and I would certainly be in favor I'm of in. football in the Olympics. Yeah. Yes. More gold for our team. Amen. Uh, great job, Kyle Quinn. Terrific uh, talking to you. Rob, always a pleasure to hang with my you. Pleasure, my pleasure, Glenn. Thanks. And, uh, yes, let me tell people one more time that this hour was sponsored by Meridian Bank, bank business banking at its best. Visit them at meridianbanker.com. 
Um, Tom Kelly is coming up. He's going to take you right up to the Phillies-Cardinals game, everybody. I'll be back tomorrow morning with Jody. Enjoy the rest of your day. Listen to the Phillies on the radio. And you know what? Don't listen for the highlights. Get a whole three hours of Fransky. Nothing's better than that. Stay tuned right here on 94 WIP. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.